This week's episode of the Co-Optional Podcast is proudly sponsored by Squarespace. Get 10% off your first order at squarespace.com slash co-optional. Create your own professional-looking website with no prior knowledge required at squarespace.com slash co-optional. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome to the Co-Optional Podcast on the 30th of August 2016. A little bit of a different lineup this week, but hey, we have a lineup. That's a thing. Oh, for people. It's like the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, uh, I <laughs> don't know go. what that is. Sports jokes. So, I got so, you, bro. Is it? Okay. <laughs> you. All right. Good, good to know. I'm, you got RG3 I'm, now, man. Anyways. Yeah. I, exactly. Uh, yeah. Um, so. You watch wrestling. It's the same thing. It's not it the, the same, same thing. thing. It is the same thing. But Big men with muscles hitting each other hard. I mean, yeah, sure. I'm in. Yeah. Where do I go? Where do I I'm sign in. up? A lot of people are in, to be honest with you. Mm. Cool. Yeah. It's good to know. Sex right. cells, and so does skimpy men with big muscles. Absolutely. And tight, tight trunks. Before anyone says anything, trunks. I Trunks. Hey, trunks. Right. Let me on Indeed. this podcast instead of Jesse. That was not me. <laughs> TB was like, "Hey, you want to be on this podcast instead of Jesse? He's not here." And I was like, "Sure." I showed up. I did my thing. I'm here. Pretty much. And are you being attacked? Are you being attacked? By no, the- I'm not being attacked. But I'm you're doing preempting. Some, uh, you're preemptively <laughs> making sure everybody no, knows you. You are the usurper. I've been in this situation. In this before. situation, yeah. mm. Jesse was pooping. Cranner took his place. And there we go. Yeah. Literally, though, the conspiracy continues. Like, I've been a guest on the show three times now. Yeah. Zero Jesse's. Yeah, that's actually true. (laughs) Every time you show up, he doesn't. Hmm, coincidence? I think not. (laughs) Something going on there. So strong between the two of you. So strong, in fact, that you don't even know it's there. (laughs) Yeah, it's gone full. It's gone a full circle. Like, it's it's back to zero (laughs) for me. I have no idea. Yeah. Just resets. Indeed. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to the Cool Optional Podcast, where we occasionally to, talk about video games. We do. Thank you I, for I do want to apologize, though. It was good. I want to apologize on behalf of you guys for Crendor, though, because I'm watching this intro, and mm-hmm. it's not Crendor, it's Jesse. And no, yet, it's not. It's, he's no. one of the hosts. You know, yeah, like, that's we, that's dark. Yeah. We didn't have time at the last minute to completely reanimate the intro, it turns out. So, you know. Yeah. yeah. Never mind. Not I do feel working. like... Much in the same way that Krender used to have a wig always on hand to hmm. me. Yeah. He should have some kind of like, you know, that spray that's supposed to go in your hair. You could just have a red can of one of those like hair coloring sprays and just like make your beard red. Yeah. Easy, easy and switch. The yeah. glasses. You could just even like uh, mince up carrots and just rub it all over your head, basically. Yeah, that would probably work even better. It's biodegradable the more I think about it. Like, you know what? It's if we're being honest ourselves, 
Yeah. I'm a little bit offended. She she recommended an aerosol solution. Like that's that's so that's what's wrong with America right now. Like how yeah. do we fix it? Spray chemicals. Who gives a shit? God, you know? Jeff, it's like Jesse's <laughs> <laughs> telling me all the ways that I'm ruining the world. You and guys carrots. are filling his position so well. well. That's what. A, that's why there can't be two of us, right? I know. I get Too it. Much. I get it now. It, it's all coming together. With our powers combined, we can form the Jesse Cox. <laughs> On a serious note, though, fuck what Jesse, right? Am I right? Yeah, yeah. What What are the ingredients of a Cox, though? Like, what do you need to make one? Oh, that's that's a an age old recipe that goes back to a lot of kind of the Wiccan cultures. If you go, mm. you know, kind of the middle of yeah, yeah, the yeah. Mid East. Um, mm, mm. Yeah, go to the dead center of the Middle East. Yeah, right I'm not sure the Wiccan I believe, came from the I'm not, Middle East. So uh, listen, the orange comes out of nacho cheese Doritos, but I'm not entirely sure on the portions of it. I don't know if it's two bags, and then I don't know if it's family-sized, but it is at least one. Uh, and then it is Mountain Dew Red Alert, and then you you actually have to disintegrate a, a, a WoW disc, and you put it in there, uh, and then you shred one book of Star Wars, preferably a really shitty one um like like the much. Teen, Most of them are, yeah. a lot of them are shit but like the teen you know jana solo books where they did their like teen adventures yes one of those would do it and then and then you pee in it and it doesn't really matter what kind of pee we're talking here you just pee in it yeah that's how you make a jesse cox there you like go it. now you know <laughs> it's turned into a cooking show speaking of which i made a delicious steak last night it was wonderful what kind? Did you, did you use your your water thingy? I did the water sous vide. Thingy. Absolutely, yes, yes. Uh, I've What's got a, a sous vide immersion, uh, low temperature cooking device. It, All right, English. I, yeah, I got a bit. Brandon, you've been watching that that Chef's Table shit. It's like those yeah. thingies where you like you you like vacuum seal a a thing oh. in the water. You vacuum and then pressure cooker. It cooks it. No, it's Are you not talking a pressure, pressure cooker. cooker? No, oh. it's uh, it, but you you vacuum seal the meat and then you put it Go in. On a water bath and that right. water bath has we just call that a bath here, here. Uh, well, well you don't put it in the bath no that that seems horribly <laughs> now i'm confused water. you said water bath and i take one of those almost every day so i mean I, I would assume most you know it's a, like you know an animal is it is, is a dog an animal but an animal not a dog you know animals not necessarily a dog you get the idea uh, so sure. big pot of water you put the immersion heater in it it's got a timer control and it's got temperature control and it's wi-fi controlled as well so you can kind of go through the app and it actually has all the temperatures and times for different weights and pieces of meat in this case got two steaks which had marinated in red wine cumin soy mustard and a couple other things for a couple of hours beforehand you do uh, a nice slow two hour cook at 127 mm. degrees or so take it out let it sit for five minutes do the dry rub and then sear on both sides one minute a piece in a cast iron skillet let it sit for five minutes serve beautiful awesome like best way to do any, a steak like i found so far do you have any like food sponsorships yet i don't know i'm working on it I'm, i i don't know how yeah we'll manage where to are our that. food sponsorships <laughs> good luck with the water cooked steak food sponsorship guys <laughs> It's a lot of restaurants <laughs> use sous vide now. Like, if you've ever watched the, um, if you watched, is it Burnt? I think the film, uh, which was basically the docu film of Gordon Ramsay, only with someone else entirely playing him. Uh, who, who was it that played him? Uh, I don't know. Jordan. Guy. Burnt, Jordan uh, Bradley Cooper. Bradley Cooper oh. basically uh, plays a version of, of Gordon Ramsay in that, uh, where the, his 
sort of assistant chef is trying to modernize his kitchen and replaces everything with sous vide. It's like, no, this is the way that you do it. Um, and yeah, those things are great. They're really useful. Awesome, awesome for, you know, you slow cook the meat and then you just sear and uh, finish it up. It's, it's nice. There you go. It's good. Knowledge, cooking knowledge. There you go, cooking knowledge. It's like crafting, you know, it's like, a, it's like crafting in video games, only, you know, yeah. you produce something of worth. It's kind of like No Man's Sky. It's, it's nothing very like no much like No Man's Sky. No, it doesn't end. It doesn't end in horrible disappointment. Oh my god! It, it doesn't require hours of mining to prepare the steak prior to that. You know that'll turn into the biggest diss you can say to someone or a game. <laughs> yeah, at least it's not No Man's Sky. Like no Man's Sky. It's become. Like, it's like definitely. No yeah, it's become a. a Who lot of that. fucking beta tested that game and came Nobody, out of it? That's the problem. Looked him in the eye and was like, "Guys, you got, you got a winner. A, you got a winner right here." Okay. <laughs> They didn't let you anybody. Guys, there's kids out there playing Minecraft. They're hacking at bricks. Why not shoot bricks in space? All right. And then when you land on a planet, shoot bricks there too. Yeah. It, well, uh, the, the, problem, the problem with that game is that, again, they just didn't let anybody anywhere near it because they were too busy maintaining that sense of mystery. Like they were obsessed with the goddamn sense of mystery. And yeah, people compare it to like Star Citizen. It's like, oh, Star Citizen is going to be the next disappointment. It's like, yeah, you, the thing about Star Citizen is that you can play it right now, like in its current state. It's in alpha, but you can play it. And they write fucking novel length descriptions of what they're doing on a weekly basis. You can, yeah. if you want, literally any aspect of production you want to know about with that game, its exact current stage, you can go and find that out right now. With No Man's Sky, all they did was they gave a bunch of vague interviews, showed two trailers, and then released the damn thing. Having, you know, there, ha there was no open alpha, there was no open beta, nobody got to play it beforehand, nobody got review codes beforehand. And it, it, it turned out that the giant mystery was that it was uh, shit in a box, was the mystery gift. Well, they unwrapped it, and the shit in a box. Like, conceptually, how cool is it? It's a, a, you know, massive exploration game in outer space with alien races and stuff like that. Like, that's cool in theory. Yeah, yeah. But then, like, 30 minutes later, you're like, oh, this is it. This is... That's all of it. That's actually. Oh what my god! It was. And then yeah. when they announced the whole like, oh, after is it two weeks or two months after you've explored a place, then it gets wiped. Uh, and you've oh, apparently shit. that may oh, have turned out really? not to be the case. Uh, really? Yeah, there's there's still god, some umming and arming over that. I've ever read. <laughs> yeah, basically people were saying that their creations were getting wiped. I don't mm. think that's actually true. Uh, I okay. think that some people were having some connectivity issues, and that's why that was happening to them. Yeah. Um, but I don't believe, I think that's come out as false, that it, that isn't the case anymore. Um, yeah, because that, that would be the ultimate kick in the teeth, wouldn't it? It's like, this game oh came out God. as a massive Seriously. disappointment, but the one thing that it does do, which lets you discover and name things, oh, that gets wiped after two weeks. That would be like the worst. That would, that would yeah. take the only redeeming point from that game and throw it away. I, I can't imagine that that would be true. Um, yeah. but you know, if you notice just how just completely silent, the dev team's been after the fact. Like, nobody... Yeah. It's incredible. They've t they've made no effort whatsoever to take control of the narrative post-launch. And the mm. narrative post-launch is this is a giant disappointment, and actually it's not even just a disappointment, it was built and sold on lies. Like, even to this point right now, mm. the first I mean, thing you see... They probably knew that. Yeah, down. I think they did. I really I really genuinely think really? they did. I know, That's I really do. To me too. It's, it's either that, or they were in their own development bubble, bubble, and they drank so much of their own Kool-Aid that they didn't realize it. But I don't think they did. I think they did realize what was going to happen, and yeah. they released it, they cashed out, and that's it. You know? Yeah. Maybe they oh. don't get trusted to make another game again, but 
that really doesn't matter you know they can form a new studio with a new name and just make another thing and people are probably forgotten by then they made their money they sold millions of copies yeah yeah it's just they you know they don't seem to care you know there was an article that came out said you know no man's sky's story is no man's sky story is being written by its haters like yeah because the dev team isn't has not addressed a single thing that's been you know, a single accusation that's been leveled against that game. They haven't made any effort at all to apologize for missing features, to clarify things they said. They've just been totally silent since it's it came like out. A, it's like Niantic with Pokemon Go all over again. Yeah. yeah. How like there would be glaring issues and people would be like, yo, what's going on with these these things? The tracker go? I just want to track my Pokemons. And they're just yeah. like, yeah, we like, fixed a are... text error. <laughs> God. I'm like, I just want to play your game. <laughs> I just want to play it, <laughs> but I guess maybe I won't game. anymore. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just think what most people want is at least an effort to yeah. come out and kind of apologize. You know, there's, yeah. there's, there's no, they, they, for God's sake, the, the main video that plays when you go to the Steam page is still like 2014 trailer that contains a bunch of shit which isn't even in the game. Yeah. yeah, and it looks a lot of it's just clarity. Yeah, I, I hear like not to play devil's advocate, but I understand the business, which is not again ethically okay or cool. But like no. the business side of it is, you don't say those things because you're still going to fucking lure in a bunch of people that are like, oh, no man's sky. I heard about people that because there's so many people. Yeah. There's so yeah. many people that aren't like us that aren't constantly plugged into gaming media, and they just like show up and they're like, oh, it did come out, cool. It's not that expensive, and they pick it up, they play it, and then they're like, this is shit. But if there's more media out there where they're like, hey, sorry, our game's shit. We meant for it to be great. We'll do other stuff. Then there's a lot of people that are like, well, I'm not going to buy that game. I don't know anything about it. I don't watch any shows. I don't read any media, but I saw that message. Not going to buy it. Especially a lot of console people. Yeah, that's definitely true. Because, I mean, there's not really a game like that you can get on console. There's quite a few games you can get like this on PC that either do space flight better or do crafting or exploration or mining better. Like, maybe they don't do them all. But they do at least one aspect of that very, very well, whereas No Man's Sky does none of it well at all. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that it's much easier for PC users to say, well, I'm just going to go play something else then. And for console users, like, wow, it's a big open world space game. We don't get any of those ever. Like, we have no alternatives. (laughs) But it's just bothersome because, I mean, hell, every single screenshot of that game on the Steam page is a lie. Like, it's all Mm. false. All of the videos are false. I mean, even the UI doesn't even look like that anymore. Like, you, you see that, like, really that's nice, pretty bad. That's clean unforgivable. UI that's in those videos. It doesn't exist. That's not what it looks that's like. That's bad. The texture quality isn't that good. There are creatures showing that giant fucking dinosaur isn't even in the game, for God's sake. Yeah. I got nothing, John. That one's bad. Yeah, it's... They're just it was, fucking... <laughs> there's no I defense. Even... No, no devil's <laughs> advocacy here. That's there's just the devil. Like. <laughs> to fix this yeah it's... you do have to update the pictures on the page that you yes, buy the game via it, it, it's right? lies that's, <laughs> that's pretty shady there's no other way around it you can't make you, you can make excuses for the vagaries prior to launch but you can't make excuses for literal false screenshots and videos being the only things available on the steam page and they yeah. still being there after two weeks uh, it, just like, can you imagine Blizzard doing that or something? <laughs> well, they would. They have like a thousand lawyers on retainer in an underground yeah, yeah. bunker, and every single one of them would not. They'd be like, well, "No, that is true. You cannot yeah. actually do that. That'll open us up to some form of a lawsuit that we'll probably lose because we're evil." lawyers lawyers are evil anyways uh that game that's like damn. <laughs> no, I like Blizzard. All right, look. It got uh, too intense, too fast. <laughs> 
I do. That's why I'm here. Zero to 60, all right? I know, um, I know. Metzen pops out of a cloud. It's like, he just drills out from the ground. It's like, hey, <laughs> Jeff! I actually got lost. So I, I spent one night watching a man versus game play that game. It was one of those things where it was like, I tune in, I'm like, all right, 3,000 people are watching this. Why? I need to know more about this game because it's kind of a big deal right now for one reason or another. And then I, and it was kind of like, uh, not necessarily a car accident, but like a StarCraft II reference, one of these terrible uh, swarm host games that went on for four and a half hours. The viewership grew over time. And it wasn't because people were like interested in it. It's because you become committed. You're like, oh God, I have to see if there's anything of value here at all. Until the end. And that's what happened. He just kept fucking shooting things and and like mining resources and just slightly building up a spaceship and it's that was so boring and it was that watch. the game My it was God. horrible it was like the worst and, and what i'm saying is like there's people who play weird games dodger and then like you you can like look into it and be like okay i can see how that person would like it because they're weird but when you watch something like this it's like i don't get it i don't get how anyone would play it no and i thought it would be my type of game too like i really like exploring places and doing all that so i was like really into it for like a while like oh this is cool and then once i started realizing that all the places are pretty much the same but just colored different and all that and they all have like the same like this place has a shelter this place has a thing it's like okay i don't i don't really care anymore yeah that and the fuel that and having the mind to fuel to well, fly yeah, everywhere yeah. exploration like, is nice until you realize uh, that you have to really like you have to work your ass off to do it and the process of working your ass off to do it is really dull it's yeah. not interesting you know but now i think you know the, the current like real narrative is like the, there's now the backlash against the backlash against the backlash against the backlash you know it's like <laughs> oh blah, blah, people being so mean blah blah it's like look that that's fucking bullshit obfuscation like okay if you're gonna spend all your time obsessing over the few people that went crazy and fucking threatened the developers great i mean you're giving attention to trolls congratulations you fucking idiots stop nope. doing that the far more reasonable response is they mega hype this up and then as you said they kind of withheld the information well no the other part of it too is that up until launch they literally reduced information going out they controlled it because they uh -huh. to your point probably kind of knew that it was going to be a letdown yep and then lived off that hype and then post-launch have, have actually not updated things that could quite literally be false advertisement to get a few more sales. And then they're going to, like you said, cash out and go. And that's pretty nefarious. That's pretty bad. Like uh, a really reasonable company that's being honest and apologetic and like working to update or fix or whatever, uh, or just beta tests and puts it out in the public or something along those lines. That company, if they have a bad launch, you feel almost like empathetic to you. You're like, I'm sorry that yeah, happened yeah. to you. With yeah. these guys, you're like, you, yeah, you just... I I don't from feel, us, didn't you? I don't feel sympathy. I don't because they flat out fucking lied and I'm not going to have the games media once again throw a fucking tantrum by saying, oh, well, there were some people who are mean on the internet, so none of your complaints are valid. No, I don't give a fuck if some people were mean on the internet. Yeah, okay, they're being twats. I don't care. You know, it's your job as the media to hold to account developers that screw over consumers by lying to them frequently, not prop them up, not try to change the conversation because... Uh, it's that that's all bullshit Th those are the kind of people that shouldn't even be being given attention okay you know yep. some anon is running his mouth and posting threats and docs and shit like that great don't talk about them don't yeah. highlight their behavior it just encourages them to do it more talk again about what really matters the fact that it's not very good and the developers lied and everything leading up to launch was deliberately vague or turned out to be false on the fact that there's been no communication since launch 
uh, any effort to even address any of the problems the game has. Like, okay, you know, all they need to do is come out and say, right, okay, we understand some of the features are underdeveloped. We're really sorry. Uh, so here's the, um, here's the, the sort of layout for the next few months. You know, here's our development plan. And, you know, here's how we're going to give you that. Here's how we're going to give you that. Yeah. Compare that to a couple of, you know, little indie devs. Because let's be honest, you know, Hello Games is a little indie dev, but there's two indie devs recently who have uh, come to attention. One of them is the developer of In Case of Emergency Release Raptor that we were talking about the last couple of weeks. Uh, yeah. He has taken that game off Steam because mm. he decided it wasn't up to scratch. So he's like, you know what? It's. It's it's not what we wanted and it's not what people expected. So I've taken it off Steam and then we're gonna go work on it and do something else. And then the other developer is the guy that made Slain, which was a sort of side scrolling they described it as a metal platformer because it was very metal themed, had some really really nice aesthetic, metal soundtrack, and everything like that. Turned out to be awful on launch, like really, really bad game. Oh. So what does he do instead of, you know, complaining that people are slamming his game and writing it down? He apologizes, says, I'm going to go fix it. And then that's exactly what he does. And he comes back six months later with a new one called Slain Back From Hell Edition. That's way fucking better. Way Sounds better. better. Like, to be fair, though, really like, as a, and again, I'm not defending No Man's Sky, but uh, the, the scale of those games is probably pretty different. Oh, it is. There's no doubt. Yeah. But that was also one guy versus a 15-man studio. And really, it, it just comes down to the attitude from them. One, I agree with that. One Attitude's is, very one is in hiding and counting their money. And the other one is like, oh, yeah, I fucked up. Uh, cool. I'm going to try and fix that. Let's go. You know, here's my plan and how I'm going to yeah. do that. Absolutely. Fuck that game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, ser yeah seriously. Yeah. Mm. Now Polygon's going to write another article about how mean you are, Jeff. It's like, oh, they're so mean. Oh, what was Good. Yeah. That'll be more Twitter followers for me. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. It's like, I don't I don't care. And I was like, oh, no, some people are mean on the internet. Yeah, that's fucking newsworthy. Well, you know what? Some games day. suck, guys. Some games actually suck, and I think that's okay to say. And it's also, by the way, okay for someone listening to this to be like, actually, I really enjoy that game, and I'm having a good yeah. time. More power to you. Go for Do not it. let somebody else saying they don't like that game or they have issues with it take away mm -hmm. from your enjoyment of the game. Andy. People fucking played Tetris, guys. It's dropping bricks on bricks. It's just dropping fucking bricks on bricks and they go away. I'm just let dropping the play. bricks on the bricks and my life has no meaning. Yeah. People played a pigeon dating simulator. They did. Yeah. They it's did. fucking amazing. That shit was pretty awesome. <laughs> so. <laughs> Which, that was amazing. Oh, and that game is like, die. <laughs> Yeah. Oh god! All right, well, let's talk about games we've actually been playing this week, not avoiding because they suck. Yeah, who wants to throw the hat in the ring? Who wants to start off? Uh, well, I think I don't know. For me, if you guys haven't talked about it yet, I think the obvious one is Deus Ex, right? Yeah, we we, we talked a little bit about it last week, but I haven't had okay. a, actually a chance to play I, it all week. I played so. it since last week, so I would actually I played yeah, some of it. There. Go for it, bring it on. Yeah, I thought it was, I, I, yeah, I thought it was a, a gorgeous game. Um, I think some of the criticism is that it's very similar to uh, I'm blanking on the name of it, the uh, the one before Human Revolution. Human Revolution. Yeah, um, very similar to it in terms of play style. Even graphically, it's not leaps and bounds. Very different. Um, but I think that that's not necessarily the worst criticism to level at a game. Uh, obviously, you should update over time, especially with how much time is in between those two games. I think it's like four or five years, something like that. Um, but I really enjoyed it. I, I think it's one of the more fun, like. Uh, it, it create it makes you feel like it's a pseudo open world game when obviously it's very much so not but there's a lot of open world qualities to it so you can do a lot of exploration 
but it's not like hamstringing you to exploration. You don't have to do these side quests, but they actually add to the story and actually kind of change your ending. Uh, they upgrade your your main story abilities and stuff like that. Like there is utility to them, but you're not forced into them or forced out of them. Um, there's even side side stories. There's points of interest stories that are a little bit more platformy and abstract and obviously a little bit less uh, fleshed out, but still very good. Um, and then just as a, as a game, like I, I really did feel like the combat, the platforming, the the moving interaction, the cover system, all very, very good. Um, there was quite a, there's quite a, uh, there was a decent difference in enemies that you fought. You weren't fighting like the same three guys reskinned over and over again. But to that point, I think there was like eight different kinds of things that you fought throughout a game that probably takes 20 or 30 hours, which isn't the most. Um, and then I'm not going to spoil it, but they're, uh, well, I guess I kind of am a little bit. So if you want no spoilers at all, of course you shouldn't listen to any gaming podcast talking about a game you want to Pretty much about, no. Yeah. There's, there's really only different one... definitions to what spoilers oh, yeah. actually are. That's okay. I piss off people on the internet all the time. It's fine. <laughs> uh, there's really only one boss fight ish. I'm you know I'm guessing you could maybe find and craft out another one or two or something like that. Um, so that was a little bit like. Yeah, well, the other... I mean, I think it's got a lot to do with the response to the boss fights in Deus Ex Human Revolution mm. and the fact they were maybe the worst parts of the game. I mean, with the This direct... one was quite good. I thought it was pretty good, actually. Yeah, I heard a lot of positive feedback about it. And originally, the boss fights in Human Revolution, there was three yeah. of them, and they were all pretty terrible, mostly because <laughs> if you picked a certain playstyle, you couldn't beat them very, you know, reliably. Right. So they had to go back with the director's cut of that game and change that. And they changed the way the boss fights worked. And I think they just they decided, you know what, boss fights in first-person shooters generally they're don't tough. work that they're well. They're tough to pull yeah. off. Yeah, and there's not many games that do them very well, so let's just not. I th yeah, and I think that's an okay choice. I, if when you play it through, John, I'll be interested to hear what you, th you think because I think actually in that respect, this boss fight was cooler because it had it used a lot of the different aspects of the game uh, itself. And yeah, I see my mic's a little bit loud, guys. I'm sorry, I'm not a audio guy. Um, <laughs> But yeah, overall, I thought the game was really, really fun. Story-wise, it started to get way into the Square Enix department of like, this is fucking weird. There's like so many things going on at once. And they're so, they're, they're like pretty convoluted. Like, obviously, I understand that. I think most people understand the basic gist of the story. Yeah. But if someone's like, hey, okay, you beat, a, you beat Day of Sex. Well, go ahead and just tell me about the story real quick. No, nobody can. Nobody can. They'll be like, well, in general, this is what's happening. But as far as like who betrays who, who's actually who, what government Illuminati secret conspiracy is working with who and meeting in what room and like it gets pretty crazy, which is for some people really fun. So that's cool. And the last thing I would just add on my part is I just thought it was a pretty shit game to stream, though. Um, quality was obviously rough on day one. And then past that, a lot of people didn't want to watch because either they didn't understand the story or, or get it or they wanted to play it themselves, which is completely fair. Um, but it was yeah. it was a pretty rough game for me to stream. I thought. Yeah, th there's there's a lot of in-game exploration in that game that isn't fun to watch, but yeah. for someone that likes Deus Ex, it's compelling to do. Like, if you don't want to watch someone crawl around in vents for three hours finding <laughs> eBooks and yeah. and things, then you probably aren't going to find that entertaining to watch at all. And that's exactly how I play it. You know, that's how I played all the Deus Ex games. Like, find oh, yeah. every hidden thing because this it's full of it, totally full of it, and a lot of the story. Is fleshed out very well by finding yep. that context, you know, reading newspapers and audiobooks and 
emails from people's computers are gonna uh, the yep. amount of actual character development and scene Insane. setting is massive and if you're willing yeah. to engage in that and spend the time looking for that as i think the complaints about the the story as it were sort of melt away it's maybe a different layer of storytelling you know is that is that direct form of storytelling where it's like a dude is talking to me and is there is exposition now and then there's everything yep. surrounding that which is world building you know and storytelling through world building and all that kind of thing and you know deus ex i don't think has ever excelled in the first aspect I mean, the first game had some pretty gnarly writing, not to mention some awful voice acting, but it has always excelled in the world building. And all, I say all three games, because we don't count the second one, it's not real. All three games <laughs> have done that really, really well. And if you're willing to engage in that, if you're willing to explore to find that, then it is a very immersive game. I love the exploration. They, I mean, obviously... There's that 19th time you move the garbage can aside and there's a vent behind it and you're like, okay, this is, this is you know, this is their go-to hidden area. Yeah. But then there's like little stuff where you find a vault behind a secret door that you never would have found otherwise except that you flushed the toilet or you punched the bag and it opened up, you know, yeah. like a whole other <laughs> side quest. Like that's, you're like, all right, Deus Ex, that's pretty sick. And you feel cool about it. And I did a I did a lethal run. I tried to kill as many people as I possibly could. Uh, this game allows for you to kill basically everyone. You can yep. kill police in an entire city, and don't worry when you come back, they rehired. <laughs> um, and then like police two blocks later aren't pissed at you. Thought that was pretty funny. I mean, we'll get. I've talked enough, but we can come back. That was pretty funny. No, it was so. I I just want to say, as a person coming from the perspective of having never played a Deus Ex game before. Yeah. I thought this game was confusing as fuck. Mm. Like I came into it and you know, they have like a 12 minute, Hey, if you don't Recap know anything about Deus Sex, yeah, well, I'm going to tell you revelation. everything that's ever happened. Yeah. yeah. And I was so just like halfway through that. I was, I was lost. Like I had forgotten who people were. I forgot like what was even going yep. on. You know, it was just so long with so much information. And then in the actual game, you know, I, I, uh, I did the same as Jeff. I was like, okay, we're gonna go full death bonus and try to kill everybody because everybody that I know does a non-lethal run. And I was like, well, let's do something a little different and try to kill everyone. <laughs> um, and I feel like trying to kill everyone is harder. <laughs> yes. Oh, it can be, yeah. Because if you shoot a gun, everybody's alerted, right? And then everybody's like, oh, where are you? And you try to fucking get them all to come down one corridor so you can just line them up and shoot them all. Um, but it took me forever to get out of that one first area. And then, uh, and then, yeah, they, they, you know, plop you into like his apartment. Right. And then you start getting more story stuff, but all of the characters, because people who have played other Deus Ex games before are going to recognize these characters. Like they talk so familiarly and are like, yeah, you know, when we like did that thing or like, oh, come on why do you got to be like right. that we were buddies once right and i'm like i don't know who this person is i don't know what's going on like it it didn't do a very good job of of making me feel like i could jump right in and a lot of people assured me that i would probably be able to jump in easily i just want to say on the record i could not jump in very easily and the only way i was able to like really um come into my own in that game was to just kill every civilian i saw so <laughs> Well, I had the same issues. I did that for a while. Because I played it for the first time as well. 
Mm. So I was like, okay, I've never played a Deus Ex game. Let's stream it. And so uh, they're like, you just got to just do the things. It'll, it'll be fine. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and then I'm just going along. I'm like, oh, I don't know what this is. I don't know what that is. But I was like having fun because I just like exploring in games, right? Yeah. So I'm like, oh, yeah. shit, I'm in this guy's apartment. I'm like, I'm going to crack this like code or whatever. <laughs> it's like doing all that. I loved hacking. I thought that was fun. Hacking was fun. Yeah, hacking but exploring, fun. like you said, that even not knowing anything, that is fun. And you can do that yeah. the entire game. So I was like, oh, we're in like Prague. This is neat. And it's like going around. I'm like, oh, whoa, what if I go in this place? And they're like, you can't go in there. I'm like, oh, God. And then <laughs> I uh, bet if I go in an event, I'll get in there. <laughs> yeah. Yes, like, that's always true. supposed to be here. And I'm like, okay, but what I if I know just if you everybody. guys had this problem? But you yeah. know, when uh, you get into the one room and the girl's like freaking out with the fake like passport thingies. Yeah. Uh, mine like glitch. Or like I didn't turn off. I don't even think it was a glitch. I think it was just I didn't turn off the alarms. But everybody was dead. So I'm like, all right, yo, let's just, like just talk to me. And she's like freaking out still. I'm like, what? And I just like put my gun away, and she's still freaking out. And I'm like, do I have to shoot her? So I just killed her. And everyone's like, oh my god, no. So I'm like, let's like reset it. And it just turns out you have to like turn the alarms off for her to mm -hmm. stop freaking yeah. out. I was Dude, like, oh, all right. One sequence of events, and it, it happened more or less at the same time. I literally like just like, oh, event, and I go through it, drop down in the apartment where a guy sells weapons. But if you go into that through that event, you're now in the bad spot. So his bodyguards are like, hey, motherfucker, and they come like running in, <laughs> and I kill him obviously, and I'm like, oh god. And then you know you don't get anything cool from the guy that sells weapons, but I'm like sitting there waiting out like the uh, the search moment, and I'm sitting next to a urinal, and a guy comes walking in unzips his pants and starts to go pee right in front of me <laughs> but the best part is it's and this is so like deus ex in every game uh, i obviously don't need to tell you this but there's the, he you know makes the unzip sound motions to go to the bathroom nothing's happening obviously there's no dick here all right yeah. which is a huge letdown for me but uh that little moment i was just laughing because there's so many moments like that like you were saying like you'd pop into a guy's apartment like you hack in you like kick in the door yeah. like all right time to search <laughs> And the guy's sitting there watching TV, like eating yeah. pizza. And you're like, there's just zero reaction from him. And then you're like <laughs> opening yeah. stuff and Weird. taking stuff. Sometimes they react really big. But I think it's only if you've killed somebody in the vicinity. Yeah. Then they'll be like, surely you're the person who murdered that guy two doors down. I'm losing my mind. I'm just yeah. Like, yeah. Or they just sit there and you steal everything in their house. And then towards the end, I, I, I kind of got the gist of this. But there is like... The game is beautifully well done, but obviously your immersion is going to be, it's in your head, guys. You got to, you got to dig deep to get an immersed in that game. Cause you'll like fucking shoot five cops, run around the corner. They don't see you. And they're like, wow, it must be fine. And then like everything returns completely to normal. Yeah. And then you can like go in an apartment and just for the fun of it, there'll be like three people outside, but they're like just out of field view. So you'll just be like, all right, thanks for looting your room. Shoot him in the head. He drops it. <laughs> you walk out and just nothing, nothing at all. <laughs> yeah, the the like searching percentage that pops up when you murder somebody and it's like, all right, they're going to spend a few seconds here looking around for you. All right, they're done. <laughs> like, okay, cool. Yeah. You just walk the out interesting thing about uh, like even all the Deus Ex games, including the really old one, the first one, have always been very, we could say generous with stealth. 
Let's just let's just put it that way. Like, yeah, there are a lot of very blind people in those games. Yes, <laughs> it's very very possible to sit where you. It's like logically, you should be able to see me here, and they just ignore you completely. <laughs> oh, I did that with the guy where you gotta like sneak past him with the passport things too. It was just like gotta sneak past him if you don't want to pay the thing, and I just like kind of walked past him. I didn't even go stealth. And I was like, all right, well, there's a le there's sort of a, a balance you've got to strike when dealing with stealth gameplay like if if you do something then you've got to spend 10 minutes hiding from people for them to stop chasing yeah. you that gets really fucking boring but they yeah. may they maybe drop the whole thing a little quick it's like well I you murdered like... half the prague police yes. force we should we should probably take this a bit more seriously and then they'll check your cards when you go through the subway they're like who are you and they're like oh you're fine it's like yeah. really because i just I kill like 70 cops i think a lot of people have seen me murder some, some gents in this, in this nobody on the radio no no record here man nah, you're fine get out of here I, I do think uh as far as games go and i did not I, I i find it enjoyable to kill a lot of people in games so i don't do the non-lethal thing but i have to imagine if you're deriving a lot of you and i, I mean, have that connection see and that's why we're on the show together all the time not jesse cox he would probably <laughs> so fucking kill nobody he was very upset with me when he found out that I killed a lot of people in this game. So yeah. He would give like back rubs the, and warm compliments to everyone. I, I love the game. massive hypocrisy of that, considering he flips out on Twitter every time someone calls him out for a decision that they didn't like on his video. It's like, it's very, well, I got very upset. He's like, this is dumb. I get to play the way I want, but the oh, tables you have turned. <laughs> Indeed. I mean, the, the uh, nice thing about Because Dare he cares is about lore. It's because he feels like oh. you're you're missing out on lore if you're murdering people who can give you story. Mm. That's Which why you I get, get the story, then you kill him, obviously. <laughs> I don't know, like, yeah. that game, to me, if I was going to do a, not that I ever would, a, a non-lethal run, I feel like it, I feel like you're, I feel like you're, like, pretty easily pleased if you do, because I think every single stealth situation is 100% solved by event. Uh, you can yes, definitely do other like, things. Yeah. You could take the Crandor route where you just walk past him, or you could do some crab walking around a corner and, like, move a box and feel really clever, but other than that, it's almost always event. Like nine times out of ten, just... there's a lot of events. Lot events, of events everywhere, right. man. <laughs> and you literally is important in Prague. Yeah, guys, you get the fucking multi tool, and it's like, man, that that door is hard to hack. And you just walk oh, yeah. through. It. That was the other thing that was confusing for me. I could hack doors in front of pretty much anybody, and, they and then yeah. there would be that one time out of ten where I yeah. start hacking a door, and a bunch of dudes would be like, "Hey." What are you doing? Like, uh, uh, that, that's the day they decided uh, to care about the door hacking. So, well, it, it's actually <laughs> like, the law is you can hack doors as long as it's not on a Tuesday. Then we get, you know, that <laughs> then we get really pissed about that. It, it's, I do it's like a factor, early game. Yeah. You die super fast too. So I've had you that do. Dodger moment where you're like, you're like, well, nobody gives a shit what I do. So I'm like, you know, just like, all right, there's a door right next to the subway. Start to hack, and you hear, hey, and, uh, yeah, you're just dead. <laughs> Like, okay, never mind. Oh, wrong door. Their vision is not augmented. It's uh, <laughs> there's definitely an issue with that, you know. But uh, it, it's weird and interesting actually hearing about people who do lethal and non-lethal. The first game, the the main character's brother encourages you to in the very first level to do things non-lethally. But hmm. honestly, it's quite tricky to do that because, like, yeah, so you you've got an electric prod that has really limited ammo and generally takes two pokes to take down a regular dude, and there's not a lot of ammo for that lying around. Uh, you can find a uh, just a policeman's baton around there, mm -hmm. and you can just beat them a few times to the back of the head with that and knock them out. 
which works, but a lot of it's uh, based on the stats that you've got in your skills. So if you've got no like no melee skill, like or none of the primitive weapon skill, like the basic weapon skill, which are, I think upgrades stuff like pepper spray and your baton and stuff like that, it's not a very effective way of getting rid of people. But if you go around and kill everybody, then you get chastised at the end of the level by your brother, but you get praised by the director for killing all the terrorists. <laughs> and then if you do it the other way around, it's like, oh yeah, you know, you did a great job of, uh, you know, through that. it's like, you realize like, you know, we're anti-terrorists. Those are terrorists. You're supposed to kill them, right? You know, and the director gets pissed off with you. But weirdly enough about, it's only really the first three missions in that game that ever cared about that. But what was interesting is that in doing that, it trained you in one way mm. of thinking or another. So, right. and then for the rest of the game, that's how you acted. Even after past the first three levels, it actually makes no difference unless you you like kill a major character or side character or whatever. It doesn't matter mm. if you use lethal or non-lethal techniques. Uh, but I, I know it's like the last two games got a lot easier to do non-lethal. Non-lethal in the original Deus Ex is tricky because the ammunition for the tranquilizer mini crossbow is not plentiful mm. and right. you generally have to buy it. And also, it takes a while to knock somebody out because they run around screaming for a while and then they fall over. <laughs> Whereas in this game, you get the stun gun on the trank rifle. You can knock somebody out pretty much instantly and the ammo seems to be pretty plentiful. And I think that's why a lot of people go non-lethal. It's actually easier than using guns half the time. Well, yeah. Like, yeah. We're the heroes, Dodger. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we did the we did the more difficult option. What difficulty did you start with, Jeff? Not the hard one, it's the normal one. Yeah, there's like Deus Ex is the hardest one you can do when you first open it, right? Yeah, and then th this like, is Deus it's, Ex. I did not ask yeah. for this, which is yeah. So when yeah, you have to unlock that, then there's Deus Ex and there's the other one. Mm. Yeah. I did normal. Four, which yeah. at the beginning I was like, I made the right call, but then I discovered you can take cover. And then I was like, oh, never mind. I should have done the one more harder. Much, yeah. I uh, I was terrible at that game anyway, so. Yeah. I, think... I was still dedicated to murdering as many people as I could. Those are never really like my types of games. I'm like, these are all right, but I always, I don't know, I just don't really enjoy single player like FPS type hmm. thing. I, I'm the same. I'm just not good. I'm not good at them, I think is why I don't enjoy them. It's kind of like in yeah. school and you're like, I hate history. And it's not that you hate history. It's, it's not history's bad. It's just you're bad at remembering with math. I'm like, I hate math. It's the worst. I'm like, I'm really bad at math. I'm just yeah. really bad at math. Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of accepting that about yourself. And yeah. It, yeah. They, I've I mean, accepted that I'm terrible at FPS. So they, they I did that made... with Hearthstone. They at least made an effort to say, oh, if you haven't played Human Revolution, you can play this. But honestly, you really have to play Human Revolution. Let's be totally frank with it. Yeah. Not only will it's... that make you very familiar with the way the game works, because it's almost identical in terms of mechanics, but all those characters, you know who they are. You do not need to play the original game at you all. You just should, John. It's a good you game. You should. It's a good fucking game. And it's not even, I, don't, I, I have to imagine it's 10 or $15 now or whatever. Oh, you can get, you pay it for like $3, you know. But okay, the, there you Deus go. Ex is... Deus Ex feels like a much older game. It, it's very playable still, but you're going to have to throw some of your preconceptions out the window. The first sure. time you aim a pistol at someone and realize, oh, it's actually going to take me about 15 seconds for the reticule to get small enough for me to shoot him. And you realize, oh, this is actually an RPG. It's not mm. actually a first-person shooter at all. It's an RPG. And I've got to worry about inventory management. I've got to worry about skills and leveling up my skills and all that kind of thing. Once you learn that, and once you learn how to play that, and if you're not completely intimidated by the first level, which is a very open level that lets you... It almost gives you too much freedom. Like, that game... 
has scared a lot of people off in the first level because the first level is big. There are so many ways to accomplish your goal in it. And it's like, here's a here's a pistol and electric prod. Go. Go figure it out. And that's put a lot of people off, but that's actually a real shame because for me, that level's one of the best levels that's ever been made in any video game because of how much yeah. freedom you've got and how much there is to discover and explore. But that game definitely feels old these days. If you want to play it, just I go into it I think it is 2011. It is old, right? No, I'm talking about the original Deus Ex. Oh, no, that one's like, way old, dude. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Human, <laughs> Rev- Human Revolution feels the same. John, that's like, that's 1979, I think, it, is when that game came out. I'm fairly sure it was a <laughs> little later than that. I'm not 100% convinced about your timing It's there, called but 81, but it's very old. I'm at the wiki right now. Yeah, it, it was Pong and then Deus Ex on the Atari 2600. That was how it was, right? Yeah. I watched yeah. co-play it, and he had he had like the uh, I guess it has some guy that didn't work with the game or something like that did a mod for it to make it a little bit more modern. Uh, yeah, it may be the the revision mod. Yes. Uh, the main problem is that it actually makes the game run like shit, which is not mm-hmm. that good, especially for a game that old. You can polish up some of the graphics a little bit. You can get a, a different renderer, but the game's still gonna look old. You just have to get over that fact and. And also get over the fact that do, it doesn't control like an FPS because it is it, it real like an RPG. When when John says a game runs like shit, does anyone else picture like uh, Jared Leto, Leno getting in like a Lamborghini and being like, "This is not my." I'm not sure that that is a regularly made joke. It's like 139. Says it runs like second. shit, and I'm like, it runs pretty good for me. Yeah, Don't Every every time that TV says that uh, the frame rate is abysmal, I'm like. I think it's maybe I just have low standards. <laughs> maybe we all I'm, I'm I, I feel like standards, though. I'm totally fine with that. I feel like yeah. maybe I enjoy games a bit better. <laughs> I feel like he's like it, it's the same thing with my wife Anna. Like she does uh, photography and stuff like that, and camera work. So she'll be like, "Oh God, uh, the the gamma's off on this or whatever." And I'll, I'll be looking at it, I'll be like, "What is she seeing? <laughs> Where is it?" What's your L by C like, That looks that great. Looks fine. <laughs> looks like a great photo. No, the gamma's off, Crendor. High standards. High standards. Standards are a blessing and a curse. <laughs> if you have no standards, then everything's wonderful. Yeah. It's, ignorance it's, is it's bliss. They say. To ignorance is bliss. Yeah, it yeah. Is, yes, it absolutely is. Yeah. Right. It actually is true, though. Like when you learn that spiders are poisonous. Because I was a kid, I'd like grab spiders out of their web in my hand and be like, cool, I can feel it nibbling on me. <laughs> now, as an adult, I'm like, yeah. Get away from me, foul beast! Carry a parasite, a virus! Oh, there's a spider in the house. Better get the flamethrower out. We're done. Oh my god. Sam and I had like the longest conversation where I was I was like, yeah, I got bit by a bunch of spiders in my sleep. And he was like, spiders don't bite you when you're sleeping. And I was like, they do though. They definitely do. And he was like, they don't. And we did all this research. They do not. They don't. They have no reason to bite you when you're sleeping. No, No. it bites you then because you do get bit. There are, there are many, many different types of um, mosquitoes, like all over mm. America specifically, that bite you in different ways. You yeah. know what? Can we just, let's do this. Let's just agree that it's spiders anyways, because that's way cooler than getting bit by a mosquito at night. Yeah, it's definitely spiders. <laughs> you know, yeah, when spiders kill mosquitoes. They're great. You know? spiders a year. You, you don't, Crender. That's you a don't. No. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Crenner's like, it's, it's no, not- I'm pretty sure because this morning I made a bowl of nine of them and I ate them. So, <laughs> uh, on purpose. great protein, let me tell you. Throw some milk in there. Delicious. <laughs> you guys judge, but if you put a little bit of chocolate on top of that, it's actually pretty I mean, crunchy. Dude, chef's table, that one dude makes ants. 
in Brazil. Yeah. It tastes like lemongrass. Ants? I've never eaten ants. <sighs> it tastes like lemongrass. No. You know what? I'm okay. They serve <laughs> fucking salt, <laughs> butter, and slugs, man. I don't need it. It's fine. <laughs> Let the French eat it. <laughs> That's not a thing that I require in my life. Really. Bugs? Bugs in your mouth? No. Don't I feel that. like eating escargot is the adult way of eating your boogers. Like it's just let's just call it like it is. That's I feel like it's the kind of thing that people do to prove that they can. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's it's all like, it is. This is the escargot level with some, with some butter and garlic, dog. So that's the level of my eating your boogers, now. Dodger. Eating your boogers. With some butter and garlic, dog. Yes, cargodo. That is I'm not sure anyone has ever unironically said dot escargot though. <laughs> yeah. That actually might be the first. Like yeah. in a world where everything's been done already, that actually might have been the first. The first uh... last time that happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. So that, I guess that's Deus Ex. I mean, you know, the the consensus outside of oh well, I just can't really get into it because I didn't play Human Revolution is mm -hmm. mostly that it's a good game. Like it's the the only co real controversy seems to be uh, there was a couple of hitches for some people with the PC portal launch. It has improved since. It was fine for me, but, you know, some other people were having some issues. And people got a bit upset about the microtransaction thing, which, mm. yeah, that's always a good way to get your game Metacritic and Steam review bombed to hell is include microtransactions yeah. in it. Generally not a oh, good their, idea. Oh, their pre-sale campaign was one of the worst I've ever seen in my life. Oh, it and they absolutely actually, was. They abandoned it. Yes, they, they, they literally had to abandon it, but it yeah. delayed the game a couple months, too. It was, it was yeah. one of the worst things I've ever seen. I, I mean, I shouted the hell out of that one. I mean, it was because it was terrible. It was an awful, awful idea. I'm glad it didn't catch on. I don't think yep. it's ever been done by anyone else since. Like, yeah, the more people you press gang into pre-ordering this fucking thing, the more shit we'll give you. It's like, that is horrifically insidious. Yes. It's like, great, yeah, convince like you. something GameStop came And up. you know, you know, well, they did. It was through GameStop. Uh, you know it's bad when one of the big poster boys for pre-ordering games like John even has to admit that it's bad. You yes, know I mean? I'm known as a pre-ordering poster boy, absolutely. <laughs> I'm a very much an advocate for pre-ordering every video game ever. Yes, thanks. For Go forth, time. Twitch chat, and spread the good news. It's like if you're not pre-ordering a video game, <laughs> then you basically, you know, you're betraying the whole games industry. You know, you're the reason No Man's Sky was shit. You know, if it just yeah. had a few extra yeah. pre-orders, it would have been... Yeah. A on, on a serious note, though, like, can I, I actually kind of want to get to a point point where like even to borrow a little bit of the lore from like minority report i want a game that already knew i was gonna fucking buy it i don't even want pre-order i want pre-pre-order where like i already just have the money deducted from my account and i find <laughs> out that this game's gonna come out but it's too late i've already ordered it like that's that is the world i want i think we can all agree that games I'm knowing sorry. we're gonna buy them before what it's pre-pre-order dodger I'm sorry I'm letting you, you down. To... Have you seen every Tom Cruise movie? Nay, have you seen Minority Report? I have, to... with the dinky dinks. Go to Activision. You're like, hey, I know you're going to release another Call of Duty. Activision, Just, can you uh... give me one of those dinky dinks so that I can do some of these? Here's my bank account information. Just deduct it for the next Call of Duty already. Well, that or yeah, that already happens. That's stupid. <laughs> Every game that you have ever made and will make in the next few years, I just want all of them. That that I mean, one's an age bracket algorithm, though. It's ten to twelve years old. You already have the money subtracted from your mom's account for uh, Call of Duty. I think at some point, what's going to happen is one publisher is going to provide a subscription that's just like all the games we're going to release oh in the next God. year. You just get all of them. I'm not going to tell you what the games are, but you're just going to get all of these. Oh my games. God! And oh, people, that's some people totally going to happen. You know they would. 
I want to be a part of the ad agency that gets to advertise that because it'd be so fucking awesome. Like I would show, I would go like way old school infomercial with like tired of clicking and purchasing games. It shows a person like, oh god, I can't hold my phone. <laughs> like, uh, well, we've got uh, it taken care of. <laughs> Prepay yeah, like, for everything, including stuff we haven't even announced yet. Just you, you know it's gonna be great. Just you know you're gonna anyway. play Madden two 2025. Don't fucking kid yourself. Just already have it. It's true. <laughs> How do they know? That's <laughs> why you can get EA access. I mean, oh, I know we told you yeah, Wild WoW Legion would be the thing. last update, but it's a lie. It'll be coming out for the next ten years. It's like it's stuff like access already exists, but that's for games that have already come out. I'm talking about for games that aren't out yet. Yeah, you know, you, I mean yeah. they'll fix access to be like that. Yeah, I'm sure. That'll, that'll <laughs> happen. Should we take a break? Sounds sure. like a good idea. When we come back, we'll talk a little yeah. bit more about the games we've been playing this week. Our sponsor for this week, Squarespace.com/corruptional. Head on over there for ten percent off your first order. Squarespace.com/corruptional because your website is bad and they can help you not be bad. So we'll be, be back bad. after the break. I'm going there now, John. Good, excellent. Go and set up your website, squarespace.com slash cooptional. It's easy. Even an in-control can do it. This is so easy to go into. It's it's phenomenal. <laughs> it is wonderful. We'll be right back after the break. Don't go anywhere. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Total Biscuit. You know, we've had a lot of fun over the past few months writing increasingly absurd commercials for Squarespace while cashing obscenely large sponsorship checks. The meta, the goofs, the meta goofs, the... The goof meta. It truly is the Citizen Kane of podcast adverts. However, there is a serious side to all of this. I'm here today to talk to you about a serious disease that is rapidly spreading across the World Wide Web. It's infectious, it will ruin your image, and it's far too easy to contract. I'm of course talking about the virus known as Your Website Is God Awful. Your website is good awful, more commonly known by its Latin term, lorem ipsum, oh god, it's like GeoCities, is a surprisingly common but deadly disease affecting websites all over the world. Its symptoms may include poor navigational skills, terrible visual design resulting in eye cancer, constantly looping insanity-inducing music, non-functional e-commerce tools, the loss of all your customers, the loss of all your friends, the loss of particularly sensitive pets, and in some cases, the death of your business and or credibility. For years now, many people have struggled to live with your website is got awful. They've resorted to alternative treatments such as professional web designers, commonly resulting in massive expenditure and eventual bankruptcy. But now, there's a cure that anyone can use. Introducing Squarespace. Squarespace is a service that lets you create a website for whatever you'd like with absolutely no experience required, while avoiding the deadly design pitfalls of your website is got awful. Squarespace templates are designed by licensed, accredited professionals, ensuring that they are easy to read and can be accessed on practically any device. Dedicated support ensures that in the unlikely event of problems with your Squarespace website, you can get them quickly resolved by a team of helpful professionals. Whether it's for personal use or to grow and build your business, Squarespace has all the tools to let your website flourish with no design experience required. You can even get 10% off your first treatment at squarespace.com cooptional don't delay. Your website is good awful, is highly contagious and potentially deadly. Immunize yourself from its lethal effects by going to squarespace.com slash cooptional and getting 10% off your first order. You can even grab your unique domain name at the same time with new Squarespace domains featuring no hidden fees, built-in Whois privacy, and no nasty surprises. Squarespace, 
Set your website apart. Side effects of Squarespace may include impressive design, clean layout, professional looking websites, increasing sales, increasing credibility, impressed friends, impressed colleagues, impressed clients, and increasing self worth and increasing self girth, augmented sexual performance, enhanced reflexes, sharper vision, inescapable feeling of satisfaction, partial enlightenment, increased awareness of your place in the universe, mental acceptance of your place in the universe, more dominance, potential resurrection of the gorilla, surprise chart research, your favorite plan, phenomenal cosmic power, the worst I've ever written, blindness, death, and probably none of these. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Co-Optional Podcast. I saw you, what you were trying to do. You're trying to get away with the eating. Yeah. Ah. What is it? I don't know what you mean. Now you've got to admit what it is. What is it? Mm. It's curry. It's Thai curry. Oh, nice. Thai yellow That's curry. pretty good. Thai green curry. Red. Red curry. Mm. You know what? What? I was, yeah. Let's just make the creepy internet question for you. That should help with your bowel movement later. Sure. It will. I'll have for sure fire poops later. Yeah. Absolutely. Like fire being the opposite yeah. word. That's no, <laughs> Thai food. That's how I imagine it. Well, back to the Corruptional Podcast, where you do occasionally talk about video games. Uh, so, of course, one of the biggest releases this week would be the expansion for World of Warcraft. Yeah. Yes. That is uh, that is a thing. I think the that most experienced person when it comes to that would be you, Krendor. You've been. Did you play any of the beta? Uh, yes. Cool. I I didn't do the quests in the beta, but I like explored all the zones and I did the demon hunter thing. So sure. like, I mainly just wanted to see what the zones were like. So I was like, are these zones cool? Or are they gonna be like whatever? And I really liked all of them, like the aesthetic of all the zones. And now playing through them with quests, I like them even more. Like, I think it was smart not to do the quests in the beta. That's that's something that yeah. pissed me off, actually, when I, I did all of that stuff in the Cataclysm beta and then had to do the whole bloody lot again. It's yeah, like, yeah. well, this is now significantly less interesting than it was. You know, It's just... really nice with uh, this expansion, though, is they kind of let you level <coughs> your own rate, like zone. So, like, you can pick which zone you start in. It's not like, oh, you got to go to Howling Fjord, and then you got to go to here, and then you got to go to here, and then blah, blah, blah. Well, you it's... can go to any zone? Yeah, and it just scales. Oh, okay. That's actually pretty neat. So you can be like, oh, I think uh, Valshara is pretty crowded, so I'll just go to High Mountain, which is it's what Jesse and I did. Yeah, I mean, that sounds like the most sensible thing to do. I I mean, God, expansion launch day is always a nightmare. I remember when they released Wrath, it's like, yeah, so we've got two zones you can start in because we know how much of a clusterfuck <laughs> it was when yeah. it's like, oh, you're all on Hellfire Peninsula. There's no mobs anywhere. It's just like... And like, this has been probably the smoothest launch, I think out of every wow expansion like there's been no lag no dcs no like anything like it's been perfect practically it's been amazing and i've been having a lot of fun with it i leveled all the way through valshara on eu because i got an alliance on eu and then on horde with me and jesse we went to high mountain and i've enjoyed both zones a lot high mountain's a little more like standard wow like it's gonna do the quests there's so many storylines all over while valshra was like there's some major lore shit going on here and you're like oh my god so it's more linear but i've enjoyed both a lot yeah i i resubbed after four years i saw decided, hey i'll give it a shot i mean i'm a sucker for burning crusade <laughs> i always was that was the, that was the best time i ever yeah. had in wow was burning crusade and legion evokes a lot of that aesthetically in terms of story so i'm like you know what I don't know if I'm better to do right now. We'll give it a, give it a shot. So I took the opportunity to just boost my character up to 100 because I'm like, am I going to play through two expansions worth of questing content when I don't like questing? <laughs> no, I'm not. I'll just press the boost button. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Uh, saw all of my gear get replaced by greens that are twice the item level that they were. It's like, all right, well, that was that. Just <laughs> You'll probably enjoy the shit. questing more. Like, this is some of the best questing they've done too. So it's not just like, go grind some stuff. Like, it actually has some substance behind each thing so it's a little more fun that and like when you do 
uh, your class quests, which you probably like. So when you start, you get uh, your artifact weapon. And so if you want to be like frost or fire or whatever you are, since you're a mage, you pick that and then you get to go fire do like artifacts every time, every expansion. Yeah, doesn't so matter. <laughs> the fire artifact quest is really cool. Like, uh, at the end of it, you get to go to Ice Crown Citadel, and you're, like, doing shit, and you, like, get the weapon, and the Lich King's like, yes, you get the... Like, it's crazy. I won't spoil anything, but cool. it's really yeah, fun. I, I'm looking, I am looking forward to the artifacts look interesting. The The problem I sort of have with the artifact system from looking at it, it's like, well, won't that mean everyone just ends up with the same weapon? I know there's a degree of customization with the weapons, though. Yeah. Like, it does have... Like, I was looking through a lot of it, and... The each weapon kind of like has its own talent tree, yeah. So you can like spec it however you want, and like different gems and pathways, and you can, can change. Can you transmog colors. an artifact weapon to look like something else or not? They have a lot of customization options. Oh, okay, built that, into that, it. so like I already changed. Uh, for example, I have my fire mage on EU, and I already made it so it's purple instead of red. And I was like, nice, I have a purple flaming like sword thing. So yeah. and then they have like a bunch of other customization below it. That was just the one thing I did. Fair so, enough. Uh, the first cool. thing I did when I logged in was that, uh, and uh, that you log in uh, after, after not logging in in four years, it decides you need a tutorial again. So mm -hmm. in this case, it puts you on a boat, which is you know going into the introductory segment. It's like, yeah, we're gonna teach you how to be a mage again. Uh, you gotta do it as a frost <laughs> mage though. It's like here's how frost bolts work. Here's how the the ice icy fingers fingers of frost and everything work. So you fight a bunch of stuff. You get some basic abilities just enough to get you through the opening sequence, and then you get a, a big opening sequence that's very lore-heavy, and you, you fight through different stages, and there's a bunch of players that come along with you. I guess you all get dumped into... I think they call yeah. it a scenario or something. Yeah, the scenario. Yeah, they dump you into a scenario, so you do all that. That was fine for sort of reminding me. It's like, yes, okay, I kind of remember the rotations now and how things work, and then they do a bunch of big lore stuff, and then they dump you back in, in Azeroth, and it's like, all right, cool. Now get on with it. So yeah. I immediately spec'd back to fire when that happens, because like, <laughs> yeah. they force you to start with frost if you do a uh, if you do the level boost. It's like oh yeah, yeah disgusting. So <laughs> went went back to fire and started getting around it and not trying to remember exactly where everything was in Orgrimmar. Like to be honest, like the Orgrimmar remodel happened in Cataclysm, so I kind of remembered where things uh, yeah, were that's for right. the most part. Couldn't find the fucking bank anywhere. It's like what the hell is that? Eventually, you know, went and found the bank. It'll mainly and... being a Dalaran. Yeah, I haven't been sent there yet. I mean, to be fair, I haven't really done any of the quests other than the scenario and the stuff that you have to do immediately after that. Oh, yeah. You have uh, to do so... the, uh, the Khadgar chain, which is actually a pretty fun, like, little yeah, pre- Yeah, touch that. It's so, like yeah. you go with Khadgar, and, like, he's like, we gotta go do shit, and then you, like, go to Karazhan, and he's like, I put traps here in Karazhan. Like, I don't know, it's fun. It's like a little quest line that leads up to the expansion. For me personally, like the ending of Legion was really disappointing. Like the whole we're plugged into the Matrix thing again. Ugh, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's uh, the second time they pulled that. It's terrible. Draenor, really. you mean? Yeah, I mean that, sure. Dra yeah, then Draenor is <laughs> the internet. No doubt about that. Yeah, it's like, it's a, I don't know. I never like time traveling in a lot of things. It's just Isn't always. Warlords of Draenor nothing but that? Like, we just yeah. fucking retconned everything cause time travel. Yeah, they're like, we went back in time, and then they're like, we're in a different timeline, so nothing is the same, and then Gul'dan's like, I'm gonna go back to your timeline, so now the Raynor timeline, Gul'dan is in our timeline, and we went back, but then 
drain our timeline people are like if you ever need us just let us know and we're like right right and we just close the timeline like (laughs) i'm glad i don't give a damn about the story because at this point it seems like a just a mess an utter mess can't keep track of anything it's like all right you killed off half the main characters within like the first five minutes great all right let's let's get going from there it seems like the biggest mistake you can make in most like universes just go to time travel because then yeah. unless it's x-men and then you're saving yourself then it's yes like, obviously yeah i'm still convinced that they did it because they wanted to do like warcraft movie uh, i don't know Maybe. i mean it's, i think like warcraft movie stands quite nicely on its own and does i mean yeah i, I, st- I still think that was actually a really good i, movie. Good it. I enjoyed movie. it it was a good video game movie you know mm-hmm. best probably the best video game movie i can't think of a better one Mortal Kombat. Shut up, John. It is 100% <laughs> oh, please. Mortal Kombat is good in the same way that Hackers is good. You know, you watch Hackers every six months to laugh at the references to old technology. And you Get watch over Mortal- here! And you watch Mortal Kombat because it's just... That it, that was a one that tried to embrace how stupid the Mortal Kombat universe generally is and didn't take it seriously. Yeah. Whereas there was other video game movies like, yeah, when you when do things really seriously, oh god, let's do a Mario movie where you know everyone's actually a human and not you know a Mario character yeah. and all this shit. I watched a- Mortal Kombat when I was like seven, so it was really cool. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> Dude, the first uh, Mortal Kombat movie is great. The second is. one is second one's <laughs> awful. God, <laughs> con yeah. styrofoam shoulder Jesus pads. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I yeah, I think the time is right for another Mortal Kombat movie. Fuck I think, yeah, I they did, yeah, that fan made one was incredible. Well, like, wasn't there the one that was done on Machinima Prime that was well funded oh, yeah, and actually yeah. really quite good? Yeah, give I, those guys a million bucks, let them do more of that. That was yeah, amazing. Absolutely, Machinima yeah. doing something good. Wow, yeah, it happened when when they yeah. get a lot of money. They but then in Machinima fashion, like got a lot of views, but then disappeared forever. Like yeah, there was much, no yeah. follow. Like to oh, it. this is good. Better not follow that up. Yeah. Well, they did. Um, after that, they did the Dragon Ball Z short film. They did a Dragon Ball Z short. I wasn't aware of that. Mm-hmm. Huh. It was like pretty okay. Yeah, interesting. The Power Ranger one was cool too. Whoever did that one. Oh yeah! Uh, Holy shit! I forgot about the Power Ranger one. <laughs> yeah, that, that is definitely true. All yeah. these like, you know that show you watched when you were a child? What if it Let's was make it dark? What if it was gritty? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? I would. Be, I'm okay with all of those things. Yeah. It's like, Let's take anything. Like, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Fucking take. Yeah. Let's get a yeah. reboot of Bite of Biker Mice from Mars and like just make it a super great a gang war. Street yeah. Sharks, bro. Street, street Sharks. sharks. Yeah. Street sharks. Oh my god, I would totally watch gritty Street Sharks. <laughs> yes. Can you imagine like oh my people god. walking down the street and a fucking make or a great white just leaps out of the sidewalk and bites somebody? Dude, I forgot oh all about Street Sharks. You could, you could do it as like from the perspective of a noir investigator. It's like <laughs> five more corpses found today. Ripped to shreds. <laughs> He's just sucking on a cigarette. He's in a dark office, saxophone music playing behind it. What animal's doing this? What what kind of animal could do that? He keeps just being haunted by the sound of skateboards. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He, he drinks to forget. Rollerblade. No! He drinks to forget the pain. What is this? <laughs> I, what are we I, I, I know it. I'm okay with that. Gritty reboots of old cartoons, yes. Any any time yeah. that that would be awesome. But yeah, back back to WoW for a second. Like, I mean, it seems like the same game it always was. And let's be honest, it's never gonna, it's never gonna get beyond that. It's always yeah. it's gonna be the quintessential hotkey MMO. Yeah. But yeah, there's some nice They've quality of life job. features. Like it updating the 
the old like core they have to work with. Yeah, because I mean, it's been shit piled upon shit piled upon shit. You know, it's like uh, Jeff can testify to the sorry state of the StarCraft Two engine. Well, WoW was even fucking worse than that, and they've been yeah. building on that same sand, you know, castle of sand for ten years. I'm surprised it even runs at this point. <laughs> But, I think they switched the SE2 engine over to the Heart of the Swarm engine, which was... They was, updated it a bit, yeah, but it still runs yeah. like crap. Like, trying to, you know, it doesn't properly utilize as many cores as it should. It doesn't multi-thread very well. It doesn't scale well at all with GPUs. Um, but um, it, Heroes of the Storm had the same issue as well. It's like, I think it's almost like they made Overwatch, because like, oh, God, finally we can make a game that's not on a 10-year-old engine. Let's go, you know? <laughs> and, and as a result, it runs beautifully on almost anything, you know, which is which is awesome. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I was still quite impressed by like some of the quality of the cinematics in the opening scenes. It's like, yeah, it still looks like wow, but it's it's a little sharper than I remember. You know, the yeah, character the cinematics my, are really good. My my troll runs a bit more naturally. You know, he's got a bit of swagger in his step. I like it. You know, there's a little bit more detail on his face, so all that sort of thing. And then of course, yeah. you know, I, as soon as I got the access to it, I immediately took my shitty green boost gear and transmogged it back to my old. Zolomon <laughs> yeah. era stuff. I've got my my Kelfazad sword and my Zolomon voodoo mask and all. Like, I, I found that I still have transmog access to my old season one PvP spalders from yeah. when they first Aww. brought the arena system out. Like, wow, those are probably pretty rare. I should wear those. That's a status symbol now. Yeah, transmog's uh, really cool for those reasons. Yeah, I just wish I had more of the stuff that I used to have because when you the problem is it seems like if you threw it away and you don't currently possess it or didn't possess it around like when the first system first came in, you can't use it anymore. Like, it's like, very different from how Diablo works, because in Diablo you can literally pick something up and then toss it and be like, cool, I can transmog into that if I yeah, want to. Someday. You can do that now, you can do it in WoW as well. The problem is all, all the really cool stuff that I remember having from like the first game before the first expansion even came out, I didn't keep yeah. it. So I they didn't keep a saying. record that I owned it from that point. Right. So like I can't wear my tier two netherwind shoulder pads that look like giant like office grade water bottles you know i, <laughs> I can't, can't wear that stupid shit anymore but i still have all my transcendence gear now oh just god yeah I, i'm now actually tempted to go back and just because you can solo all that shit now and just farm yeah. it go to blackwing lair and kill everything in blackwing lair to get my netherwind back just because i feel like it because yeah. uh, i know uh, jen's been doing a lot of that She's mm -hmm. been wanting just like cool transmog gear and everything, so she goes and solo stuff. I might go do something like that, but yeah, she's got, like a, she's got like nine level 100s. Nine level 100s, yes, yeah, she, yeah, she it's, likes the game. It's just the thing she does, you know. <laughs> I, I think for her, yeah. it's like, uh, this is my happy place where I just go yeah. and play. It's relaxing, yeah. It's I'm happy when people say they can have something like that, yeah, they can just you know get involved in it, but no, I'll, I'll see, I'll play for a little bit. I'm not convinced I'll stick around it. Uh, I just I remember some really cool times in WoW, and it would be cool if that happened again. Maybe the expansion will bring that feeling to me, and then that'll be all right. The, you know, not, the tough thing too is that it's a different time, though. Like you're, a really lot of your is. cool moments were probably with a group of people you were playing with back then. And, it really you know. was, yeah. And trying to recapture that uh, is difficult. Yeah, wow, it, it really mm -hmm. is. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it'll do it. Maybe it won't. I'll bash around with it, but we'll see. It, it looks like a pretty successful expansion launch where everything hasn't gone to hell. So I guess they've learned over 10 years of launching expansions how not to fuck it up so badly. Yeah. So it's Great. cool. It's I cool. love it. Yeah. We'll, see how it we'll see how it goes. See how it goes. Uh, so yeah. it's a game I played a little bit earlier today, actually, that, that just came out that had a bit of presence at PAX East uh, called Live Lock. 
which is live a live lock. Yeah, live lock. It's a three-player sort of co-op twin stick game where you play. I assume like your cyborgs or some shit like that, and mm-hmm. it. I mean, you beat the shit out of stuff. I picked a guy called Vanguard, and his first weapons are just giant fists, and I just punch other robots, and they fly across the screen and shit like that. It doesn't really do much that isn't hasn't been done before, but it feels like a solid co-op game, especially in hard mode. Like, I've got a shield that I can use, so if we imp- uh, uh, approach a bunch of enemies that are firing at, like, the healer at the back, I can put my shield up, kind of like Reinhardt in, in Overwatch, and there's been abilities that really synergize well with each other, and... You can upgrade your weapons and stuff like that. It, it it just it does it doesn't do anything new, but it's a twenty dollar game that feels just really solid. Like when you punch something, it comes apart re- in a really satisfying way. The guns all feel like they've got real impact to them. The abilities all feel impactful. It looks good. It feels slick to play. And I think with like with a group of three who are working together on VoIP playing on hard mode, I think it would be pretty cool. We played. A couple of levels on hard, uh, me, myself and Force, he was playing the healer at the back and I was playing the tank. We played it on normal, it's like, well, this seems a bit easy, we're just kind of uh, spamming away and blowing stuff up. And then we went hard mode, it's like, oh, if you don't use your abilities properly, you're fucking dead real fast. They right. they made the smart decision of just upping the damage and not making everything like a bullet sponge. So you can still kill the enemies in a couple of hits, but they can also kill you really quickly. So you've right. got to be more strategic with working together and using your abilities at the right time and... It's a $20, $20 co-op game, $20 twin stick kind of melee top-down game that just feels good. It looks good. Everything about it seems really polished. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm enjoying that at the moment. Probably play a few more hours of that. That seems like something that's worth picking up if you've got two more friends that you just and you just want to play a three-player sort of healer tank DPS game with giant robots. That's what that game is yeah. for the most part. Um, A game that I played yesterday is the new Attack on Titan game. Yeah, hmm. yeah. Oh, and yeah. it's uh it's actually like pretty nice. It follows the the story of the manga slash anime. Mm-hmm. So you start yeah. from the from the beginning when they first like join the core and everything. Is it that one that um, the video is flying around of? Which video? I don't know. I don't know. It's like a pretty good looking almost third person you fly around and grab on top of the monsters and Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. I mean there was a fan game that came out before that and I think there was a three DS game and it this was is terrible. The new... yeah. yeah, it was awful. Uh this I mean, movement wise, this looks like they've kind of grasped what the whole maneuvering gear is supposed to be like. What what do you reckon to how that system works? It's interesting. I I like it. Um I think that it's it's really responsive. And I like the way that they have made it so that each character that's in Attack on Titan is like a little bit different depending on what they're supposed to be good at. So like Mikasa is is really good with like her movements. Like she's really, really fast. Um, Armin has like a special ability where he can call out commands. So you can like have a team of people. And if you're playing as Armin, then you can like tell them to hit certain Titans or hit certain weak points instead of being the one who like deals the blow um but overall yeah you maybe try that sentence again being the one that deals the <laughs> blow i just that's <laughs> like well, huh? that's, a, that's an interesting class like choose your class warrior priest drug dealer <laughs> um sometimes it doesn't choose there... you john you choose it <laughs> the thug god, life chooses the, reason, you. Yeah. the reason that i was thinking about it after you were talking about how to increase difficulty is because in this game, most of what I played was really easy. 
Um, it's very simple to just be like, okay, which body part do you want to attack? Okay, cool. Then you like latch onto it with your 3D maneuver gear, you rush in, you hit the nape and it's dead, right? Um, and so I was wondering how it was going to get more difficult. And I was noticing that the longer I played, it would be it would be things like, yes, if you were able to to rush in there and hit the nape, then you were good. But being able to get there became more difficult. So like you would attach, but maybe it was moving really erratically and you'd get thrown off, you know, or like um, once you were thrown in the air, it would be really quick to like snatch you and grab you and you would have to wrestle to get out of its hand. Things like that, that I thought were a really good way to increase the difficulty. And also just as, as there were more of those, it was easy to get overwhelmed. Um, and I've I been think told level it... design would have a lot to do with it in the Titan, Titan game as well. Because those who watch the anime, the, the theme of it is that the only way you can fight these giant titans is by mm. having what's called 3D maneuver gear, which is a set of sort of gas-powered grappling hooks that you use to propel yourself through the air. But the whole... They pu really push this point during the show that being in an area that doesn't have a lot of stuff to grab onto, like buildings and stuff, is extremely dangerous. Like, if you're on the ground, you might as well be fucking dead. Yeah. And it seems to me like they could, they could up the ante by making the levels more sparse in terms of buildings and high points to jump on. Um, there are still a lot of buildings in what I've played. Uh, I've played in like a woodsy area and I've played in a, a sort of a city area. And if you don't plan it out right, it's very easy to just like launch yourself straight into a building and be like, fuck, <laughs> you know, like totally you lose lost your, momentum. All your momentum and then you just get eaten. Yeah. Um, but they've done things like, you know, you have to make sure that your blades are okay and that you have plenty of gas and there are people around that can resupply you. So you have to be thinking about that. Um, you do have a way to, to sort of launch yourself. So other than the 3D maneuver gear, you can also just kind of expend a bunch of gas and just kind of shoot yourself in one direction. That's probably so like necessary for a game, isn't it? Yeah. Like that, that's a compromise that they make over the law because like, yeah. well, if you get stuck in the middle of nowhere, then that's going to suck. You really want to get your momentum going again because that's, I'm, I'm watching the gameplay that Cinnamon Toast Cam was playing. It's like, it looks like once you get a mastery of this movement, it would be really satisfying to do it right. You... It's fun. Yeah, I, I think that it's really fun. Um, it reminds you... me of like, Spide, you remember the old Spider-Man games? Like Spider-Man yeah! 2? That was really, really yeah, cool. That's... It kind of reminds me of that a bit. That's what I was thinking too. Um, yeah, yeah it has bad. that really satisfying just like swinging. Uh, getting real and as long as you don't speed. fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Don't set yourself face first pancaking into a building. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the one thing that makes this game as a person who has both read the manga and watched the anime, and I'm not going to spoil anybody who hasn't, but um, they have like, they have all of the characters that you know, uh -huh. right? From, from the beginning of the story. And if you, if you fuck up and like, don't help somebody out there, sometimes it'll say something funny, like Annie is dead. And I'm like, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> Um, sometimes it'll, it'll like point out specific characters because it gives you side quests and it basically says like, if you feel like you can do the side quest without, um, without accidentally, you know, ignoring the main quest and, and being overrun, then by all means do them. And normally the side quests are like somebody in your squadron is, is like getting beaten back right and you need to go and help them but does um, sometimes it pick law important characters that are in the anime that should yeah die? sometimes oh, it'll, okay. it'll be like connie it'll be like oh connie died and i'm like ah. 
to be fair, that would be that would be quite cool if you could just utterly fuck up the main storyline that way. I know. I was like, wait. So what happens now? <laughs> I hope that actually happens. That would be great. It's like, yeah. So all the important characters are dead in the first mission. It's like, oh, all right. Then. It's not though, because it'll it'll say that they died, and then in the next scene they'll be there. Oh fuck that! Even more mysterious. <laughs> How did that they happen? come back to life? Mm. So um, is that even them? Yeah. So was... other th other than that, sort of throwing me off and and feeling kind of funny. Weird. Um, I do terrible. think that playing the game is really satisfying. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Yeah, I might try that out. I I just like I like the idea of games with really cool maneuvering and movement systems that you let you get up a lot of speed and momentum. Mm -hmm. I like games where you chop the spinal column of a gigantic monster. That's that's helpful too. I think, I think there's a lot of satisfaction to be had yeah. with that. I think it's fun. You know. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> another game I've been playing, you guys probably already talked about it too. Have you guys talked about Total War Warhammer a whole lot? Uh, we oh. did a couple of weeks ago. We haven't, yeah, haven't a while back. Well, there was new content, yeah. yeah, there was a new expansion, right? The what new race, yeah. new content Is has there an expansion. Out, you would like this, Dodger. You can be beast people, you can oh, be a hell yeah, I can. <laughs> No, it's really cool, and it came out at the same time as uh, the Blood for the Blood God pack, which is just extra violence on things. Literally and, adding blood for money, yes. Which was cool, but I felt like I got my $2.99 of blood, which is what it cost, but yes. I was kind of hoping for, like... That's not the first time they've blood. done that, and the excuse they make no, they is that year. if they put that amount of blood in, in some countries it would receive a higher age rating. You know so what? So they make it optional. I don't know if I buy that. Then don't let those countries play the game. That's that's the way I feel about it. You know, if you, you can't handle, them, they're gonna learn. They're gonna learn. You can't handle oceans of. But I do like that's so funny. Like, what's this? You know, like what parent walks into a room and is like, "What do you play in there, Jimmy?" And he's like, "Oh, it's Total War Warhammer." And there's like <laughs> thousands of people hacking each other up, and they're like, the mom looks in and is like, "You know what? That looks like realistic amounts of blood and gore. I'm pretty okay with this." They walk away. They come back over. They're like, "What do you play in there, Jimmy?" And there's just like. He can't hear him because there's just like sloughing blood and gore and like you know Pools just and rivers of people dying and they're like, Jimmy, get away from the computer! And they like tear him away. I don't know. <laughs> I understand it's a rating thing, but I think that's there's really a difference funny between a realistic amount of fantasy massacre and an unrealistic amount of fantasy massacre, and that crossed the line. Damn it! <laughs> that's why. But I would. I know I'm just an argument of son of a bitch, but I would be like. I think over-the-top blood's probably better for kids than, a, than a, like, you know, like, realistic blood. Like, oh, that's what it looks like when you chop a man's arm off. Okay. Yeah. Or I mean, it's, it's like you chop his arm off and he's shooting 300 feet to the left because the jet stream of his blood is so high pressure that it just launches him across the field. Like, and I think it would sell really well, too, by the way. I'm, I'm like, if you hit a guy in the head with an axe and his head went, like, 500 feet, like, the physics engine just went through hell. It would be a really cool game. I bounced like off a mountain. It rolled back and actually knocked over like a division of, of crossbow men at the back just the giant head <laughs> people like, yeah. just start falling and slipping because there's just literally an ocean of blood i, would, just... I thought that, I that would be brilliant yes that would be I amazing enjoyed that game though and i played it like when it, it first came out but I haven't it's really a cool game it. it's a cool game it's 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 an interesting experience where like i've enjoyed playing it for a day a day point five but when i'm done with a run or quest or you know whatever i'm, I'm pretty done with it for a while because put it down for a while yeah. Towards the like end of it, war, actually, yeah, all the total yeah. war games. After ten hours, like it is fun to watch those battles, and I do like how detailed they are, and especially if you have a gorgeous computer, like it's just ridiculous. It's so cool, uh, but at the same time, like, um, 
once you've done it for like five hours, that's it. You've seen, you know, when you've got the highest tech tree and stuff like that, it's pretty straightforward. And then each fight does become fairly repetitive. These are the guys that flank. These are the guys that back and shoot. These are the guys that charge. You get a little bit of joy out of it, but you just, you get one playthrough and then you're done, which, which is okay. I'm not, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but that I felt that to be the experience for sure. Yeah. I I feel like that that's the total war attitude. It's also, it's not the only thing. Like I felt the same thing with like civilization and stuff like that. I get really invested in a run. And once it's over, I'm like, I don't have the desire to immediately start another one because I feel like I, I invested so much into that run. I don't really want to start again from scratch. Um, another game that I've been playing uh, like over the last couple of days, which is very relevant to that, is Master of Orion, the the remake of that. You've been playing a lot of that. Uh, I mean, I put twenty two hours into it over two yeah. in the course of like two and a half days. Which that's is, a lot, John. By the um, way, for, I mean, those of us on the outside, <laughs> that's <laughs> that's a lot. It's and it's more than it sounds because I don't remember the last time I did that with a game. It's pretty rare. I've been having a lot of difficulty focusing on games lately. Like you'd think that I played a bunch of Deus Ex. I didn't. Like mm. I played for like an hour. I couldn't focus on it for like more than an hour for whatever reason. And then I, I ran uh, Master of Orion. You know, having played the, the I played the first version when it went to early access. And thought, you know what? Production value wise, this looks this looks slick. This is, looks great. But there's nowhere near enough content. I don't want to play it right now. I'm gonna leave it. I'm gonna wait for it to come out because I don't want to disappoint myself. Bro- you know, loaded it up. Played for like fucking six hours straight not really realizing that i had and they're like oh okay i actually got in you know i really entered the zone on a game for once and i think those kind of games do that to me civilization does that to me uh total war games have done that to me in the past and in this case master of orion did it to me as well Mm -hmm. but you can get really exhausted by that because you got so immersed in everything that was going on wiping the slate clean and starting again feels really it's actually difficult to do it and i try it a couple of times i usually give up after like turn 20 because i'm like you know what i just had a blast doing that run but i don't feel like re-establishing everything that i did because those guys have a lot of setup you know i play civ i play it multiplayer and everyone's like yeah here we go and then you're like really excited at the start like oh man i'm gonna be the best and like no i'm gonna be the best and then you like keep going and then it's like the game progresses it slows down because people start fighting and then you start seeing some people get ahead and you're like yeah "Eh, whatever and then everyone well literally the last two times that i've played civ (laughs) it's been as like the tag in final person you guys needed in a game <laughs> and i've been like okay i guess i'll play some civ and I, yeah i see it happen it's amazing at the very beginning everybody's like yeah fuck you i'm gonna win and the second <laughs> one person pulls ahead everybody gives up they're like well that's i guess you're gonna win now yeah. Just fucking, i kind of have the opposite problem with it i feel like uh, in games that if i get so far ahead i lose my motivation to play it like yeah. uh, there yeah. was one run of master ryan where that happened uh, i played uh, my first run was on normal mode and I was pretty far through the tech tree. I'm like, you know what? Nobody in this entire fucking universe, this whole playthrough has really challenged me for anything. I've <laughs> run through everybody I've wanted to. And literally every war, I've had to start it because no one else will fucking fight me. They want right. ally to fight me. And at that point, because I think in a game like that, you you have a lot of uh, these really small sub-objectives. Like, oh, I'm going to go get that planet. So I've got to build a colony ship to get the planet. I've got to secure the borders around that planet to make sure no pirates don't come and get it. Oh, cool. I've got the planet. Right. And now it needs uh, a robotic factory. And now I need to start really getting the production going. I need to increase the population of the planet. Blah, blah, blah. So you have all these little sub turn by turn objectives. If you ever run out of those, it suddenly takes you right out of the game. You're like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, Why did I just spend the last four hours doing that? 
And it's especially true when the game stops challenging you. Because if you're in a war with an empire, like, you always have an objective. So, oh god, fleet's coming here, I gotta move my fleet to defend this, alright. Oh, okay, I see what he's using, he's using a lot of missiles. I should redesign my ship so they have a lot of point defense and that ECM and stuff like that. So you redesign your ships and you upgrade your ships and you remanufacture a new fleet and you lose a fleet and then you build another one. And then as soon as, like, it's like either you get a peace treaty or you wipe them out and like, now what? Fuck. I was motivated. War, this- man. Yeah, you have to go on the next war. You really do. Because at that point, he's like, I just lost all motivation for playing. Because the driving force behind what I was doing the last few hours suddenly stopped. And then you mm. get, especially if you're winning, you're like, well, you know what? I might as well quit and say that I won. Because I'm going to win. I know I'm <laughs> going to win. But the process of me now finishing the game is too laborious for me to bother with. So I'm just like, I call this a win. There's no one around to check it. I'm going to start the next one. And then you realize, you know, oh, fuck. Like, now I've got no tech. Civilization 6, they like sped up the process of games or something to make them go faster. That's what mm. I was reading. Yeah, I don't know how yeah. they've done it. I mean, there's a lot of scalability when it comes to that. You know, you can run yeah. Civ at a really slow speed, really fast speed, whatever you want, really. Yeah. But only It's like one more month till it's out or something. Mm. Like a month and a half. Mm. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, have any of you guys played Turing Test yet? Mm, no. It's a, I don't know what that is. Oh, it's it's um it's the game. It's kind of like I don't know. Atmospherically, it feels like Dead Space meets Portal. Okay. So you're um you play this girl who uh wakes up. She's been like put to sleep on a on a spaceship. Not put to sleep like to die, but just like. All of the other people that are on the crew um, went down to a planet, and so she's been she's been put into like a a long term sleep Suspended while they're animation, on the planet. Yeah. Um, so she's woken up by by like the onboard AI, and he's like, "We don't have contact with anybody who's supposed to be on that planet." And she's like, "Well, shit." Um, so she's sent down to sort of figure out what's going on, and when you go into their uh, their like space station. Um, it's just filled with like really weird puzzles. So you're like trying to trying to figure out what happened to these people while also doing these not not portal-esque, but like it kind of feels like portal. It's lots of like, okay, I'm grabbing energy from this one and I need to put energy into this one to open this door to like get to this area and then fuck, I need that energy from back there, but how do I get it and still get through this door? Right. Like that sort of stuff. Um, I like it. I like it so far. I'm terrible at it. <laughs> because right. when I hit that point where I go, wait, but I do need that energy from back there. But I just went through this door. But I guess there were two energies. Oh, but the other energy was the one that got me in this room in the first place. Maybe I can grab that energy. But then once I walk through here, what am I going to do with it? Because this is actually glass. It's not actually an open door like I thought it was. Right? Like, and I can't. My brain doesn't work through those sorts of puzzles very no, easily. No, I hate games like that. This is giving me Talos <laughs> Principle vibes. Did you play mm-hmm. that? I did not. I don't think I heard so. Great things about the Talos Principle. All I, but then I was like, oh, it's got some really complex puzzles that'll brain that'll really bend your brain. I'm like, you know what? My my brain is not flexible. It ain't. Really <laughs> my bendy. brain not... has been bended enough. Thank nope, you. I can't, can't bend handle your that. Brain. You can't will not handle. believe. Mm. Can't handle that at all. Absolutely not. Oh, uh, it seems it seems like there's there's cool stuff in there. I just have to get through the puzzles to to find like the cool story stuff. Right? <laughs> it's just like. Fuck. And the only person you have with you is Tom, the AI, who's like, don't worry, bro, we got this. And I'm like, you are so unhelpful. <laughs> God damn it, Tom. It's like, you're not just 
tell me how this happened, and also how I... the fuck did someone spend all this time setting up puzzles on a remote fucking planet? What the <laughs> well, shit there's, happened there's here? There's supposed to be like spatial understanding Turing tests, um, and well, so AI. If it's a Turing, I was going to say it's a Turing test. They're testing AI, right? I mean, that's the purpose of the Turing test. Right, and so when you first get on there, Tom's like, oh, these are set up in a way where no AI could ever solve these puzzles. And you're like, why? And he's like, oh, because like the way that it's, the way that it's trying to identify like space only works for a human brain. And you're like, oh, all right. <laughs> okay. Um, Except then you yeah. realize like, actually I'm a really dumb human, so it doesn't work for me either. Yeah, I'm like, oh, Tom, you have so much faith in me. <laughs> Like, I could never finish these puzzles as an AI. I'm like, but Tom, I can't finish these puzzles as a human. What are we going to do? <laughs> well, get stuck here. Enjoy that. Fucking Tom, goddamn. <laughs> fucking fuck Tom. Fucking Tom. The only other thing that I can think of is that, like, I'm a new kind of AI or, like, a new form of robot. Oh, then I don't that, know. you think that's the revelation? You're actually the robot? Yeah. And this is proving that you're truly sentient? Yeah, something that like that. That seems a little too obvious. Like, that almost seems like that's what, it, what, so. what it's expecting you to believe. <laughs> and as a result, that's not what it actually is. Yeah. So Interesting. All um, right. so, so there's that. Uh, and I also played... Well, I, I played the, the Super Super Alpha in case of emergency release Raptor, which was like... You're not a, do you like it or...? Because apparently the dev didn't. I mean, the devs like well, fuck this and pulled it from Steam. So well, yeah, it was it was literally it was I don't know. It was it was more of a proof of concept than anything. Like it right. kind of throws yeah. you it kind of throws you into this weird industrial area, and you get to run around as a raptor, and you can you can bite things or you can swipe things, and it's like destroy ten robots, but you can't the uh, like like you would use this one to move and this one to look around, right? In a normal game. I could not figure out how to look around at all. So I would be running huh. into stuff because I couldn't see around me at all. Like I wasn't that able to see what direction I'm looking. And I was like, wow, well, you can tell this access. is very, very alpha. Um, you, you have way more patience than I do. I would hit that for like, <laughs> I'd hit that for exactly three seconds and be like, what? Oh, fuck it. Fuck I'm it. Je I'm Jeff on Gone. that, man. I, I, and I, it's my job to look at this stuff, but I am like that. <laughs> like, there, uh, something can set me off that'll completely put me off a game immediately, and I'll <laughs> just put it down and just not play it again. And I mean, that's why I avoid early access for the most part. But even full release games yeah. have done that. Like, something oh that I just I haven't gotten on the first few minutes. First impressions do matter. They genuinely do, especially when you get so many games sent to you that you can never play all of them. If one uh, pisses me off even slightly, I usually just put it down and move on to the next one. So I yeah. played uh, a game that has been notoriously looked at as just terrible. Okay. And, uh, on. Ruiner no, I mean, it's got to talk about it. Uh, and it was Banjo-Kazooie Nuts and Bolts. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I keep seeing you tweet about uh, that. I... For my sub goals, I love Banjo Kazooie. That was like my favorite game as a kid, and I had never like beat it. So like, I did a mega stream a few months ago where I just live streamed the entire process of me beating it, and it was really fun. I was like, "That's awesome!" And I'm like, "For the next sub goal, we'll do Banjo Tooie." So we did that, and it took even longer, but it was even more fun. I was like, "This is great!" And then I was like, "I need to see how bad <laughs> this game is." Because <laughs> everyone's like, "Yeah, it's the worst." I'm like, "Yeah, that was." I was expecting Banjo Three. I was so pumped, and then they're like, "It's a car game." But I never yeah. played it. So I was like, all right, I'm going to play it. So I played it last weekend. And 
it was something. <laughs> it's as bad as they say it was. It was okay. They make they make the joke right at the start. Like nobody wants to play platformers anymore. Nobody wants collectathons. Uh huh. And then they're like, "All right, so make your car, and you're gonna go collect shit." And I'm like, "What?" But but you, but you just said <laughs> you yeah, said just you need the nuts said, and bolts, Crandor. And then they're like, "Okay." And then the third level, I had I had to quit by the third level because. They made a giant level of like nostalgic stuff. Like, here's all the old zones. You're just gonna drive around. I'm like, I can't do it. It's mocking me. It it's was literally mocking. just pissing on your head. You know? Yeah. They're like, is this the game you want? You remember this? But you're not getting you're it. it. You're not having you're it. it. That oh is. Oh my god. It, I, I I remember watching John Tron's video on nuts and bolts, yeah. and it's just like I I just had this feeling. It's like this game on its own doesn't seem that bad. It's just they should not have called it Banjo Kazooie at all. Like, yeah, it didn't if, have to be Banjo Kazooie. If it was its own thing, this doesn't look terrible. Like it seems like well, it has some redeeming qualities. It was okay. It was like it's cool to build the cars. It was cool, like cool to like do all that. But like the actual like things you have to do is like go race this guy and get a quest, or like uh -huh. go collect these things and come back. It was a lot of fetching. There's a lot of fetching, or like fly around and turn off three things in your helicopter mobile, and it's like I. It becomes mind numbing after a while, like not even mm -hmm. worth doing. And I'm like, I can't, I can't do this. And I made it like a fourth of the way through, and I just, I stopped. Well, that's so, unfortunate. Yeah. You still have more uh, patience than John and I, then. Yeah, I've <laughs> the only ukulele. Go ukulele's coming. I'm very excited because it's gonna fulfill my childhood void that's been missing in me. Man, if that if that game disappoints people, there will be a riot. Absolutely. <laughs> Well, I, feel, like, I feel like we all people... people can only take so many crowdfunded shit fests. Well, apparently everyone that's played like the little things they've released, like the sandbox and like the trailers and the E3 stuff, like everyone's like, this is great. Yes, so, I mean, that's the impression most people seem to have got. Yeah. It's like, this is definitely going in the right direction. Like it's the typical old platformer, like same type of humor, same style, same gameplay. Like, so I'm excited for that. I think it'll be good. That's cool. So, I'm glad that at least will probably not piss everybody off. <laughs> yeah. It's not out yet, but it'll be playable at PAX West, and I'm super, super fucking excited for it, is uh, Dawn of War 3. Oh, yeah. That, the the trailer they released for it, sans the strangely euphoric orgasming Space Marine, was huh? gorgeous. <laughs> incredible. Space so, uh, Marines. Dude, <laughs> Dodger, if you haven't seen it, it's, it is so funny, because it's like, it's straight up war porn, amazing, like giant robot, giant robot fighting explosions. And then it cuts to a slow motion picture of the space marine. And I kid you not, his face is just. <laughs> He's in, in like a painfully 10 second long slow motion. Like, what are we grabbing here? Is he just like war? Thank God. <laughs> in this moment, I am euphoric. Not because of some phony chaos god's blessing, but because, because I am enlightened yeah. by the emperor, savior of mankind. But even the idea of a space marine being euphoric is ridiculous. Like, he, he doesn't have real feelings for No, the they, they kind of don't. That's and, like, everything in his body would be like, fight on war. But he's just like, you know what? I'm going to just enjoy the moment. I'm just, I'm just chilling. I'm just enjoying the moment. But anyways, I'm uh, very interested to see what they do yeah. with that because Dawn of War and Dawn of War Two, I loved both of them, but I loved them for, for different time. reasons. Yeah, Dawn of War One, really solid RTS, a lot of RTS-like mechanics, base building, all that kind of thing. 
I actually used to be good at that, if you can believe it. I know Jeff's going to be very surprised I was good at an RTS at one point. Trust me, it happened. In the Dawn of War beta, when I played Eldar, and Eldar was overpowered as fuck. You know, it's... Uh, I ended up actually playtesting with one of the guys who eventually was uh, brought on as a designer for that game. And we just used, we used to hammer out builds and, you know, figure out what was overpowered, what wasn't. And that was a really solid RTS. Dawn of War 2 was less of an RTS. And it was more, yeah, squad tactics. Real-time squad tactics. Best way to describe Dawn of War 2. But that was still good in its own way. In fact, it was really cool. Because you could get gear for your space marines, and each space marine could be specialized to do a different thing, and mm-hmm. you know uh, that in itself was fine. And even the uh, the multiplayer, which had no base building at all, it was just still pretty solid real time tactics. You know, it's like the smarter guy wins, the guy that makes the better decisions makes the better engagements and trades yep. wins. Stripped down everything else, but the combat was good. And now you got Dawn of War three, and the question is, which way does it go? Does it go close to Dawn of War one or close to Dawn of War two? Yeah, they showed some gameplay, uh, not in that cinema, cinema, the video anyways, but um, they, they've shown some gameplay and it doesn't quite indicate just yet because they definitely did not show a base building or anything like that. But what they did show was tremendously updated graphics, obviously. Yeah. Um, a really cool aesthetic and feel to it, like drop pods coming out of space. And for those of you that don't know, it's just going to be like, well, actually, a lot of Total Biscuits fans will know about this, but they will. They should. Uh, it's 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 if a not, missile. I'll, I'll purge them. That's fine. It's a missile with human with <laughs> superhumans inside of it that slam into the Earth at subsonic or spaceships, by the way, at subsonic speeds, and then they disembark only because they're wearing power armor. If they were wearing anything else, they would be liquefied human remains. Yeah, which is about as metal. Yeah. It's, it's like all Warhammer. It's about as metal as it fucking gets. But in the preview, it just shows them like boom, boom, boom. You know, slamming down and guys getting out. It felt like you were finally playing something reminiscent of Warhammer. And Warhammer has some of the best sci-fi lore, and I'm sure Tolbiscuit might agree with this, but I actually think it is the best. Uh, and finally, there's something that's coming close to that. Like, Dawn of War was incredible, but it's a 2001 game or something like that, 2002. Very old, so you're not going to be able to see a lot of that. What, what Dawn of War 1 did that was fantastic was they had, like, 10 different death animations and kill animations for everything. So they when you melee actually had a fight... Like melee. Yeah, the melee instead like of melee, them just it, hacking at each other, they yep. were actually parrying, and you know the Eldar mm-hmm. wouldn't like take the hits; they'd flip out of them, they'd dodge them and shit, which was really so awesome it looked to watch. cool, and it was yeah. still had an RTS, so there's still micro, there's still base building. It was like that's one of the things that is missing from StarCraft when you when you watch a battle. It's it's not really watching a battle; it's things blow up or you know that guy dies. But it, it's like it feels like a video game, which is cool. That's fine. Uh, Starcraft's all about gameplay, but but in Dawn of War, it was a gorgeous game to look at because there's just so much going on. It's very interesting. So I hope I hope they they bring that back as well. And then I, just to put my own uh, whatever my my vote out there is, I do hope it's closer to Dawn of War One. I like Starcraft is amazing, but it, it would be nice if there's another RTS worth playing. If you if you poisoned your experience with Grey Goo for anything more than ten minutes, uh, <laughs> Jesus. Um, and then like Total War was like a nice pseudo rts but it's not you know you're flanking it's tactics again you know you're building a little bit of base but it's tactics exactly it's not really an rts so it'd be nice uh and then command and conquer i was feeling mega nostalgic a little while ago so i was like you know what i never played command and conquer red alert 3 oh no i was not prepared <laughs> you have chosen poorly <laughs> the racism and sexism that was just everywhere like the end of the allied campaign is she's like commander you're looking sexy as hell. It, it literally <laughs> is. At the end of that yeah, campaign, you are... Battlefield, and then another girl walks in. She's like, Commander, 
I thought we were having dinner tonight. And the other one's like, well, we could all have dinner together. And it's like, oh, really? Yeah, Red Alert, we're ending oh with the... Uh, such a good job in war, you're having a threesome with the two mega hot chicks? Okay. To be fair, right. it's Command and Conquer Red Alert. I mean, this is the yeah. same game that whose law is based on the fact that Albert Einstein went back in time and fucked over Hitler, yeah. causing Stalin to be the big deal. Uh, and the thing is, Red Alert... Okay, yeah, well, that's, listen, though. That's literally fair, it. That's the, that's the plot of the game. I'm what I well okay yes but what was funny about what where command and conquer went is there was always like tanya and in the past Ta tanya was played by um uh a playboy model i can't remember her name right now Je uh anyways jenny mccarthy jenny mccarthy so it was always kind of like then went on to deny uh vaccine effectiveness so yeah <laughs> screw you. <laughs> well it was it was kind of like you know all right yeah there's a sexy girl she's the warrior okay but she, was whatever. A badass, and she was saying right? some funny stuff yeah, yeah she was a badass but it wasn't like over the top and then the next one it just became like a little bit more that way and then the third one they were like fuck it this they is not a game anymore it's a comedy well but, like, they had rick Japanese... flair rick flair was in yeah. it as a fucking general and the advertising so... campaign had a series of videos called flair versus bear <laughs> which was five videos where rick flair was attacked at random by a giant russian bear See? That's more okay to me, though. So that's what, so like, uh, you know, I I'd I'd like someone like Dodger or or my wife Anna. Someone someone should play that game as a woman and experience that because I obviously have no idea, but I can only like tangentially tell you that it's painful beyond get out. But what I really think, and again, as a blonde-haired, blue-eyed white male, I have no idea about this either. But when I'm feeling uncomfortable about racism, that's when you know it's way over the top. Like the <laughs> the Japanese <laughs> army would be like, oh, so. Oh. Massasad, and I'm like, oh, oh, stop! Like it's too much. <laughs> the basic <laughs> unit <laughs> has a lightsaber like, oh, in the oh. shape of a katana. I mean, <laughs> it's Red Alert Three went full stupid shit. Like, I think what not what they thought Way was good. What they thought was that people liked CNC because of the cheesy cutscenes and the stupid yeah. units. So, like, what if we did armored assault parachute bears? What if we had mecha sharks? What if we had all of this <laughs> Laser shit? dolphins. Yeah, yeah. Like, th those are a thing. I mean, they were in Red Alert too. You could get attack dolphins yeah. and that. But, and what if we also made every cutscene just like, oh, uh, the Russian advisor woman, uh, she's wearing, yeah, basically latex, you know, so was the sniper. They, you know, you basically, at the end of the Allied campaign, get to go date the advisor, you know, because they, they hired a bunch uh -huh. of sexy women at the time to do it. Sure. You know, we'll have a, a professional wrestler as one of the main commanders. We'll... We'll do. We'll get um. Uh, who's what's his face? Uh, guy who played Sulu's in it. Um, George Takai. He's in it. Yep. He's one of the main Japanese guys. Like, what if we just get as many silly celebrity cameos as possible? Make a ridiculous plot and oh, and just cheese everything. Massive over cheese. And it, uh, it would. And it worked it, great. It didn't. It did not. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. Uh, Red, Alert Red Alert 2. Cool. I like that Red game. Red Alert 2 had the right balance. Red Alert 2 had the right balance. You know, Yuri in that game was a great antagonist. He was cheesy, he was a supervillain, but he was yep. just believable enough. And yeah, okay, Tanya was in it. They were always was cool, a little bit cheesy. You know? like, yeah, of course. Kane, Kane was a little bit cheesy, and that's fine. And it, but it still felt serious enough, you know? Uh, so it was like, okay, but man, yeah, Red Alert they went 3, overboard, I was just like... Overboard. Like, there'd be a scene they where she'd like, saunter in and be like, Commander... She'd be like, "Oh, sorry," and she'd like unbutton another button and be like, "Anyways." Like, oh, that like, was oh. Accident oh, how unfortunate. You know, <laughs> I mean, for fuck's sake, one of the main hero characters in the expansion for it was a psychic Japanese schoolgirl with a katana. There's an entire campaign awesome, based around her. She's a great character, but she's like, 
Dodger's really, like, that's you... barring from a lot of the stuff that I've played and watched, by the way. <laughs> right, yes. Oh, uh, yes. Basically, this is all Dodger's fault. You know, trash bags like her encourage this kind I of know. behavior. It's... <laughs> You be you, Dodger. Classic yeah, trash bag. But the point it was is, too much. Uh, it was too much. You're totally right. Did you so also notice the um, uh, mechanically what they did with it? Like they really, oh, yeah. they stripped down a lot of shit. Like the the way that you mined in that game, it was. It was ridiculous. barely an RTS. Yeah. There was no micro at all. Yeah. None. Yeah. It was. It, and Very then of few course, abilities. Command and Conquer Four fucking happened, and we don't. That that isn't even a RTS at all. That is just. It's not even. Yeah. No. Yeah. So there needs to be another RTS, and that does. And yeah, I agree. It looks gorgeous. It looks awesome. Um, they're going to be at PAX West, I guess we're calling it, not Prime. Um, so I'm excited. To, I'm excited to play that there because I think it's it's due out this year. I thought possibly uh, end of yeah. year. Yeah, so. I'm gonna swing by and have a look at it. I think because uh, well, let's talk. I think you, they they'll want it. you to do more than that if you want. Like they'll. They probably will, but unfortunately they're being published by Sega, so until we sort that shit out... Oh, is it still Sega? Yeah, uh, I mean, we're in the process of sorting some stuff out and trying to get stuff sorted, but, you know, it's it's Japan. That's yeah. the problem. It's like, oh, Sega of Japan was responsible for this? Yeah, getting them to apologize for anything is going to be, like, getting yeah. blood out of a stone. But, you know, we're, we're, working, we're working some stuff out, hopefully. I normally, yeah. The only reason I'm even doing it is because G2A just gave me a bunch of money off of some huge sale <laughs> they just did, so... Yeah, I mean... G2A just, I'm you know, kidding for those of you that don't know me, by the way. I'm yeah, not... G2A just sold a bunch of people. You know, they really need to clear out of the human traffic. Legal, operations. John. So, you right. know, that had to happen. You know, they, they still. Those people fell off the back of a truck. Who cares what G2A's people whaling from? fleet just came in and the harvest was good this year. <laughs> it's like they killed Harambe. You know, it's, they were responsible for that. They didn't kill Harambe, they just provided the market for which Harambe was killed. Indeed, you know, the, the, the environment in which Harambe was killed was every direct responsibility of G2A's toxic business practices. Yeah. Well, is what we're saying. I think this is just out there enough for us to not get sued. I'm just hoping that that continues to be the case. We just want to, don't want to go too close to reality there, but... Sure. Yeah. To be oh, fair, this God, Harambe's lawyers are... Right now. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to go back and play Generals again. Harambe's Generals lawyers. was... Sorry, man. I'm gonna say it. I don't care if you're a Brood War enthusiast. Can have Generals, your best RTS of all time. Command and Conquer Generals. You're not alone in saying that. I mean, there's I'll a lot it. of wrong people out there. For nah. Sure. <laughs> nah. You could actually Sizzle. go and fight Apollo on that Sizzle. one, actually. Like, Apollo would probably put up a good fight on that. Fighting Apollo in a Command and Conquer game would be his best chance, yes. I've tried. It didn't work out well. But... Yeah, he won a couple world championships. I guess that makes yeah, you pretty the, good at it. Yeah, just a couple. Yeah. It's like, I said, hey, let's play a few rounds at fucking, um, it was a LAN years ago, and I, I said, let's play this mod, because this is a really amazing mod for, for generals called Shockwave. It's got, like, it hugely balances all the 12 fucking factions that game has, and there's, like, really cool units and stuff. I'm like, yeah, I'll have the advantage, because I know this mod. No. No. Like, none of the games lasted more than five minutes. Like, I'm pretty sure he killed me almost every time with one Humvee filled with rocket dudes. I'm just like, I can't! You just, you might, I can't fucking shoot you. You're slightly out of range of me always, and you're doing this on purpose. Fuck you. It was actually a very <laughs> frustrating experience. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah. Don't play people that are good at RTS when you're bad at RTS. I think that might be the the genre in which the skill gap is most apparent out of any genre ever. I would think so. Yeah. CSGO might blur the line a little bit. It gets a little bit closer, but even that game, you can like That's the way you get a lucky, lucky shot. shot, you know? Yeah. Catch someone off guard. Shot. It's if hard. I can shoot people and kill them sometimes <laughs> yeah. in Counter Strike, then no. Yeah. And in fighting it's games, not, not nearly as bad as with. The... Yeah, at least in fighting games, you can sometimes you can land a hit, you know? 
Mm-hmm. Oh, I think you're. I think I. I would just move to say what I said is completely wrong. I think you're right. An RTS against like a world class player, and you're like, let's try this game out. That's the game where you could almost scientifically say zero percent chance. Yes, like, it, it's entirely possible. It, it genuinely is. Like a, a, with a large enough skill gap, a bad player will never yeah. win. Even if they do, like the most gambly coin flippy shit there is, they still won't win because the guy will out control them. Like and yeah. outmaneuver them, and then they'll panic and fall to pieces. Like, they, well, the space, like the, the the things that separate the two, there's like fifty every two seconds. So, yeah. like, think about that mathematically. If you're someone just coming in raw, and you're like, you're gonna make the right choice three, four, five, six times out of fifty, ten times, twenty times out of fifty, while the other one's doing like forty, forty-five, perfectly, yeah. you know, pretty and then, correct. And, then you, and, then you lose. and as time goes on, now you're separated by like five minutes in a game that's supposed to last ten. It's just eons apart. Yeah, that's my bulldog story, by the way, guys. Sorry. Mm. <laughs> it sounds like a little motorcycle <laughs> that keeps going by Run. your window. <laughs> <laughs> I really like that image. It makes it so much better. <laughs> it's a grum- grumbly, yeah. grumbly. Baby. I live on the circus, guys. Sorry, they're training for some stupid new stunt. I can't even believe it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, everyone needs to be silent. I want to hear the grumbly bulldog for a minute. God damn it, Bulldog. Any day. You don't hear it? Uh, no, I, th- I think the Bulldog is below the volume threshold for the mic. Oh, so that's I can, good. I can there only hear him oh, when you talk, but as soon as you stop uh, talking... That's what it is. Yeah. Oh, it's only when I talk. Okay, yeah. I'll time it. One second. Hello. There you go. He just woke up, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's We've like... awoken the beast. We <laughs> like it. Anna, Anna, I like, it's like our, it's our white noise in the background. It's actually nice, but... <laughs> There are bulldogs that do not have a snore that is not nice. Because my I, my dad's been like, yeah, can you watch the dogs for the weekend? And we watch them. And I'm like, oh, two chubby bulldogs will be so adorable. And they go to sleep and it's like, oh, God. Uh, <laughs> all right, you're out of the room. Get out. Yep, none of that. Nope. Nope. That's it. <laughs> okay. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll round up what news there is and talk a little bit more about the games we've been playing. And, of course, wrap up the games that are coming over the next week or so you're watching the corruptional podcast don't go anywhere we'll be right back well ladies and gentlemen welcome back to the corruptional podcast yes indeed you'll cool. be delighted to know we've listened to a puppy snore great but, uh the the entire break it's been delightful you see Very this delightful. is why i hate being the host of the show because i've got to have the voip muted so you don't i didn't get, get to hear it get puppy snores man jeez Tell you control if you want to kickstart your YouTube channel, just ten hours of puppy snores ASMR. Record it, upload it. Oh my god! You'll rake in that YouTube red revenue, man. Yes. Absolutely. Oh my god! ASMR puppy noises. You just have to have me back on the show, and we can have uh, our guest be Jesse Cox. Be awesome. <laughs> We're just going to be sort of lightly ribbing the fact that he showed up thirty-two minutes late, and then was curious as to why he's not here. <laughs> it's like, why are you on the show? Because like, you're thirty-two minutes late. We should have started two minutes ago. That's why. <laughs> You're making my life difficult. Uh, never mind. Uh, let's move on to some news. Mm. And there's not really been a, a huge amount, although I don't believe we covered this last week. I certainly hope we didn't. Uh, PlayStation Now is coming to PC. Mm. Uh, we did. Actually, we might have covered this last week because uh, we all talked it- about it in the Skype chat. Yeah, I don't, I don't think, think it. I don't think it actually happened. I think it was show. announced just after the show ended. Uh, yeah. So I guess we can we can do that. So for those who don't know, the PlayStation Now service is a cloud gaming 
service. But what is cloud gaming? Well, cloud gaming is the process by which a game is actually hosted and played on a remote server, but it is streamed to you and your actions are streamed back to the server. Uh, there was an older service they did called OnLive, which you may remember is not a very successful service at all. But the concept hasn't gone away. Uh, because, you know, there are a couple of advantages to being able to do that. You can gain instant access to a large library of games without having to download anything. You can get playing instantly. And it also has some really cool utility for demoing games before they come out. Because you can play a little bit of it on someone else's computer and you can do it instantly. You don't have to download a 20 gigabyte demo or whatever. So PlayStation Now came along and it was Sony's way of doing cloud gaming. And it was also their answer to backwards compatibility. Said, well, we don't have real backwards compatibility. But what we do have is the ability to stream PS3 and some PS2 games over this service that we call PlayStation Now. And you can rent or you can buy products entirely. And there's also a subscription that gives you a bunch of games. So... <laughs> that dog. <laughs> so, I always feel like you're deliberately inching it with your foot closer to the microphone on purpose. I just think that's the thing you're doing. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, but what, uh, so kind of a surprise announcement is that they announced it for PC as well. So that means that PC users in e there are certain EU countries that can already do it. It's launching a little bit later in the US. You will be able to use the PlayStation Now streaming service on a PC platform and you can use a DualShock 4 controller with it. They're releasing an official adapter to allow you to do that wirelessly and, and all that kind of thing. And you'll have access to the library of games, which has about 400 games in it, including some of the, the big exclusives on the PS3 like Journey, Uncharted, God of War, and so on and so forth. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm just done. It's the best thing about it is it's now got so loud that it's overriding the default threshold for the mics on this mic. <laughs> it's just like I I just Oh my god, I'm trying to talk about cloud gaming here, Barristan. What the fuck, man? Don't you understand the importance of this? Yeah, it's an accurate response. I mean to cloud gaming, yeah, you're probably right. Um it's I, I, the service, I, I tried the service when it first came out. It wasn't that brilliant. I mean, I tried to stream like BlazBlue on it and it was a disaster. Like it was really pixely. It was slow. Yeah. And obviously the quality of the service is going to depend on how close you are to the servers and how good your internet is. So some games run just fine. I mean, hell, I used on live back when on live came out and actually had, I played a few games on it and they actually worked pretty well. As long as they didn't require you to, you know, to be too quick uh, there wasn't a game about dexterity like you play a strategy game on it real easy like turn-based game you can't even notice the lag something like a fighting game much more noticeable yeah what is more interesting to me is not the fact that the service is it exists it's the fact that sony is like letting pc users have it right do you think that indicates that they're a bit maybe worried about what microsoft is currently doing with pc and trying to get dominance there and they're trying to muscle in a little bit on the operation is this their roundabout way of doing that I mean, they've done a couple of things um like there's this and then there's also um they just announced that they're releasing a 25 dollar dongle to make it so that the dualshock 4 is pc compatible yeah which technically um, it already is but not wirelessly like you can plug it in via usb but this lets you get full wireless capability which is good well, and depending on what kind of computer you have sometimes you have to fuck around with a lot of drivers and you stuff absolutely do work. yeah um it also uh, enables like the motion sensor and the light bar like and the the touchpad because you can use a dualshock 4 but a lot of that shit doesn't work out of the box so you're getting full functionality out of it yeah so i feel like yeah they're acknowledging that pc is 
is the dominant force right now and trying to figure out how to <laughs> how to compete with Microsoft there. Yeah, but their way is to not say, "Hey, you can have our PS4 exclusives." This is a this is an interesting thing because I I feel like some console guys are starting to come around to the idea that they're not going to convince a hardcore PC gamer to buy a console. It doesn't matter what you do. They've invested thousands of dollars into their machine. They know it's more powerful. Why would they buy a console? And even exclusives aren't dragging them over because maybe, you know, people's standards have gone up lately. So they're thinking, well, if we can't get them, I mean, we could at least sell our software to them. You know, we can't get them to buy a console, but maybe we can sell them a service or something like that. And I think that's that's a that's a decent thing to do. I mean, I'm I'm fairly happy this is coming. It's an option, right? Like, yeah, maybe I will never use it because, especially for PS2 games in particular, I'm probably better off using an emulator. I'll get better quality. Yeah. But for some PS3 games, like, would I? I mean, would I want to play the PS3 version of God of War? Maybe mm-hmm. if it played okay. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how it performs. That's the thing. I mean, I'm gonna try it when it comes out, but. To me, it all comes down to, like, I don't mind how bad the game looks because I know console games are not going to ever look as good as a great PC, but I care about how fast it is and how responsive it is and how it plays. So if it doesn't play very well, I don't care. Nostalgia kick to take this loop. Like, they have the NES thing coming out in, what, November or something like that, where it's, like, self-contained tiny NES that has 100 games on it. It's going to sell for, like, 100 bucks or 80 or something like that. What an incredible fucking idea. I'm going to buy that so hard. And if they come out with a Super Nintendo one... That's where, again, I go back to my minority report. I wish they would have already taken my money. If I could pre-pre-purchase that, I would. <laughs> I would. Solid pre-pre-purchase. One of the, yeah, one of the best pre-pre-purchases you could do, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to pick up the, um, the adapter, for... definitely, just just for that functionality, because I like the DualShock 4. It's, it's a nice mm-hmm. little controller. It's good to have access to that. I don't know. For me, it's, for me, it's like... If I'm going to choose between the controllers to potentially use with my PC, I'm going to choose the one that I can literally plug in and immediately use. Yeah. Which is not the DualShock. <laughs> no, it does take a bit of fiddling. I'm noticing that some PC games are setting up for a default control scheme that supports DualShock and have like PlayStation prompts, which mm-hmm. is nice. I think this will probably accelerate the process of more games doing that because they realize that more people will use it. And when they released the wireless, um, the wireless dongle for the xbox one controller i think uh, a lot of people are happy about that too i bought one and i'm actually really happy with how it works um it love just sits dongle. there i love <laughs> my dongles dongle. man dongle, dongles are wonderful get, getting a dongle but that's nice because you just sounds like a growth that develops like on your chin or elbow it really does <laughs> like oh man it's well there's a cream another for, dongle there's a cream for that you can get you know it's just don't just never lance your dongle just make sure you never do that it sounds like a good idea at the sure. time but it, it could just get infected <laughs> and it'll get way, way worse. That's not the way to get rid of a dongle. Have you seen a doctor about a doctor about your dongle? Because that is, it's a you large. You got to see a specialist about a dongle, man. You you can't <laughs> go to a regular primary care doctor. That's just not good enough. It's a very serious yeah, dongles are dongle dongles are really serious. Mm-hmm. Bear that in mind. But but yeah, I love the adapter for that. Like I said, the, the the Xbox One controller is. I feel like I've got so used to it. I'm not sure I'd want to switch out for the DualShock. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say I significantly prefer the D-pad on the DualShock. If I want to play yeah. a game with a D-pad, the Xbox is not the way to go for that. I prefer the positioning of it. Whereas on the on the Xbox One, I find it gives you like a cramp in your thumb because the D-pad's below the analog stick, not above it. And I feel like I have to kind of yeah. crane my thumb. But hey, more controller options, the better. You know, I, I'm never going to complain about that. And you know, 
I, I just like to play some older... There's just a selection. Basically, the only reason I want this is because it supports Tokyo Jungle. So I can be <laughs> a fucking... Oh, Tokyo Jungle! I can dominate Tokyo as a fucking carnivorous Pomeranian again. Mm-hmm. And that... that there's the dream never, re-realized. The dream is re-realized. There's never been a game like mm. Tokyo Jungle. There will never be a game like Tokyo Jungle again. So as long as I can play that, it's nice just to have that option, you know? Yeah, I can't say is. I want to play The Last of Us. It's like, well, I could play the PS3 version of The Last of Us. Um, Probably not. No, that <laughs> I'd rather play the... that. That is one game that I do have a PS4 to play because the 60 FPS version of that game is so much fucking better than the PS3 version was. There's, there's a couple of games like Take that. Take it but back, John. No. <laughs> I will not. I'm, Take I will it not. back. Uh, no. Not Fair happen. enough. Fair enough. You I know understand it. your point. You're, you're just being adversarial for the sake of it. I know about you. Someone has to, you know? Your contention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we'll see how the service works out. It's cool. Hopefully it's a bridge for Sony realizing, okay, let's just bring a few exclusives over to the PC because fuck it. They're not going to buy our console anyway. Let's at least sell them a game. Yeah. Where's the harm in that? And now, hopefully, that means we're more crossplay too. That's been fucking godlike for things like Rocket League and Street Fighter Five. That's been wonderful. Mm-hmm. I want to see way mm-hmm. more of that. So yeah, that's, that's that happened. Uh, it's not not too much else going on really. I mean, there was there was a a non-troversy about um, No Man's Sky where people was like, uh. "Oh, you can get a No Man's Sky refund whenever you want," and then Valve was like, "No, you can't." Was <laughs> yeah, that. I was like, that doesn't sound real. <laughs> Yeah, it, it is the thing about the re, the refund policy on No Man's Sky or on any Steam game. People say, oh, you can only get a refund in the two-hour limit. That's not specifically true all the time. That's the yeah. automatic refund period. That's the period where you'll get a no-questions-asked refund as long as you're not doing it like 10 games a day. Yeah. But there are situations where they will refund a game that you've been playing for longer. It just might take them longer to approve it, and sometimes they won't. But yeah, there are some people saying, oh, I got a refund after 30 hours. But there is one thing that I would like to discuss. And that is the the ethics of like refunding. Like what is, when do you feel that you have played the game too much to justify refunding it? I, and, and is there even a point? Like should a consumer always have the right to do that? You know, what to what? extent to consumer rights extend into what like what should we as gamers consider to be the right it's actually thing a really good question in that in that is there is scenarios where someone's like i thought this was a such and such game and then 20 minutes into it i realized it wasn't and i would Damn. not have spent my money on that so in that situation obviously case by case you're like yeah okay that person should get their money back and of yeah, course totally. you cannot do case by case so you have to have just a flat policy yeah which is what makes it interesting because then on the other hand Let's let's be honest. That's the honest person. The other ninety nine out of a hundred are people who are just like, nah, I beat it really quick, and I just want my money back because I just want to spend my money on something else now. I mean, when the, like, those people shouldn't get that refund. Obviously. Probably not. But if like the game is less than two hours in length, can you really stop them? It's, when the Steam refund system first came mm-hmm. out, there was um there were a few people who made like very short games, vignette games as they're called, that were like, oh god, this is gonna like kill us. The yeah. interesting thing is yeah. that none of those people actually sold their games in the first place. They were all free, which is why it made me scratch my head a little bit. But I assume what they wanted to do at some point was to sell a short game. And they're like, oh, God, if it's a short game, everyone will just refund it. And I feel like that was, like, really assuming that every gamer is a piece of shit. 
Like, that if they enjoyed a game that was one and a half hours long and maybe it was five bucks, that it's like, oh, I'm gonna refund it now. Ha 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 ha. I got one over yeah. on the system. Yeah. I feel like if you enjoyed that game, you would not be... I think most people would not do that. I think most people would not, too, in that case. Yeah. I yeah. think if you ever had a slippery system, where, like, there's a threshold for sure. Like, if you go to this point where it's like, you know what? People are generally good. There's a You can refund it after the first 24 hours get fucked world because guess what so many goddamn people would play that game they're like oh wow 24 hours sure I'll, I, I got 20 hours today to play it let's just let's do go. this just beat it, <laughs> yeah. and then refund the fuck out of that game so they can get my money back and then of course it would like crash the system or whatever but mm-hmm. um outside of that i think you know most people a couple hours in will be like nah this is not for me or it is for me you know if I go correctly ea with the origin system actually has a 24-hour refund policy on their games and this is EA we're talking about, like the big evil. They're, yeah. They're will, they put that policy out there and they have not mentioned that it's caused a huge amount of abuse. I, I feel like if you have got what you feel like is your money's worth out of it, you're not likely to just turn around and refund it just because you can. Mm-hmm. I think that you know the, the vast majority of consumers, when they, when they leave satisfied... They feel like they've yeah. made a good purchase. No, they will not abuse a policy to try and get their money back. Yeah, I think so. Not not, not regularly. I don't think they would. And we have noticed that there's been a dip in the number of owned copies of No Man's Sky on PC. Like uh, Steam Spy tracked a, a noticeable, not insignificant dip. So that means that people have been refunding it so much that it's actually caused the user count to go down. Which is very rare. I mean, even Batman Arkham mm. Knight, which was a disaster the piece of launch, launch on PC. Yeah, awful launch. That did. We were expecting to see a big dip in that, and we actually didn't, which is interesting. Well, that's, you know, that's because that's actually an incredible game. It's just a terrible launch. <laughs> you know? Yeah. This, yeah. This is a terrible game with a normal launch. They could make it even so if the game has like a lesser amount of time it takes to beat it, it's harder to refund that game. I, I thought they should always player. tie into achievements. Like, if you actually yeah. beat the game... But that, they, even that's a problem. Like, because let's say, you know, for sake of argument, this game is an hour and a half long. Maybe it's five bucks, ten bucks, whatever. And it ends abruptly, has a what-the-fuck ending that maybe even ruins the whole thing for you. Like, you've enjoyed yeah. the whole thing up to this point, and the payoff just doesn't happen. You get blue-balled completely. Mm-hmm. And then you say, right, well... Am I justified in refunding this? No, even though I've that beat person the whole is thing? not. No, I don't think so. Why? Why do you think that is? Why do I think that is? Mm-hmm. Because not liking the ending of a product doesn't mean that you didn't consume the product. That's true. Like if someone's like, "I'm going to serve you a three course dinner," and the, I was going to include it too. <laughs> you see, I I don't like the comparison because especially in America, the culture is even if you did eat the dinner and you didn't like it, you more often than not get it taken off your bill. All right, John. Here's the comparison. <laughs> A puppy dog. Someone gives you a puppy dog. You're like, I like that's the puppy a dog. living it's thing. It's fluffy. I fucking love it. It's a middle aged dog, still playful, but a little bit more chill. Old dog farts all the time. Doesn't do much. I want a refund. You don't get one. <laughs> right? I feel like comparing it to a living, breathing member of your family is maybe a little bit different. You know, I, I, I can't refund. Video my games aren't a part of your family. Do you just do this for the money, John? For me, it's all about passion. What up, no dog? Peace. You can tell you've been in the StarCraft scene for a long time. With <laughs> <laughs> like, you can go to a bunch of restaurants then, and that's scenario. I don't know. Like, I don't like the food. 
like at every restaurant. I get. would just stick. How about no analogy for me? Just as far as a, a video game goes, like yeah, let's just do that. I, I I think as a consumer, I think as a person with money, you are not entitled uh, to purchase something and then a, a, and enjoy and get the purchase. By the way, right? Like you weren't misled. It's not like you bought this because it says that at the end it's going to show you the answer to life, and then you didn't get that answer to life, so you're misled. It's just that your opinion, your aesthetic, your feelings weren't like, well, I, I don't I don't think that segment of that purchase I made was was what I wanted. But there was no misleading. There was no misinformation. It was just a revelation to you. Like, think about it this way. Okay, I guess I am doing a fucking <laughs> analogy. Yeah, you go to go. a movie. You sit Jeff, through the we're entire- on the same. God, our brains. <laughs> okay. Continue. All right. Well, that's great minds, but. You go to a movie and the ending's really bad. You don't get up, walk out, and go. I mean, by the way, old people do do this. I've actually seen them do this. Yeah, but they like go and they're like, actually, yes. They're like, yeah, which, again, to me, is like the stupidest thing in the world. But they would go and be like, hey, that ending was gratuitous. I was told that Tom Cruise would do a full frontal and I would see his entire penis. I did not see his entire penis and I want my money back. And they'd be like, uh, well, actually, it's a, it's a bad example because some theaters would give them that money back. But I would yeah, argue. You should not. I, I would say. What if it was marketed on the basis of Tom Cruise's full frontal penis, and then it yeah, wasn't there? Absolutely. It, and maybe that's why someone went into it and they were misled. That is a refund situation. Like, it, what I like about this conversation is there is no yes or no to me. There is an argue, right. argument there on both sides, yeah. and I hundred percent agree with you that there are people who who very rightfully so could be like, actually, the ending was so unsettling for me that it was not worth the cost. And I think that's a compelling argument. But where I think it loses traction for me is that I think most people are pieces of shit. And then if you add money to the equation, they become even more pieces of shit. So there's like, so you you can't go by this, you can't go by the logic of like, you know what, I think most people would be fair. And if I, if I sold something that said you could refund this at any time, I think most people would probably and when I say most, I mean like 95%, right? Because right. if you release a game, you're not hoping to make 51% profit margins. You're hoping to make as much as possible. But if I put in a policy that most people could look at and be like, and here's what would happen too, by the way, they'd beat it. They wouldn't refund it. Three months down the road, they'd be a little bit broken. They'd look at their game library on Steam and be like, oh, that's right. I can refund those I can 10 cash games. That in. Yeah. I'm going to cash them in and buy these other games. And that's going to happen forever. Like no game would be profitable. And that's why that policy could never be enacted. It's not because of the case by case, which I think we could come up with an argument where that is true, that it is a good thing that that person has availability of a refund, but because people are shit and money makes people even more big pieces of shit. And I think that as a policy, it'd be really bad. Yeah, yeah I think you don't really going to limit the time on refunds because I think that a lot of it is the immediacy and people sort of getting caught up in the moment in the experience. I think the reason why people don't refund short, really good games, even though they can, is because, you know, they, they just got out of an experience where they really fucking got something out of it and they're on that emotional high, or in some cases, emotional low, depending on what the game, you know, did to them. You know, some games yeah. are, you know, not every game is designed to be fun, it's, but every game should be designed to be compelling in some way. Three months down the line, it's very easy to view it as a piece of disposable media, because you're no longer emotionally invested in it in one way or the other. But weirdly enough, I think the same thing can happen the other way around. If you're so disappointed that you end up being angry, you can very much like lash out. And one of the ways that some people do lash out is by using the refund policy to do so. And 
I mean, we, we've gone sort of through a loop of saying 95% of people aren't pieces of shit, but then when it comes to money, a lot of people are pieces of shit. Yeah. So you do have to have some, yeah. some limitations. <laughs> so it's like they are, they are or they are not, certainly. Um, but, I mean, c- c- do, do you agree that a game can be so badly ruined by its ending that it does invalidate everything that came before that? Yeah, I think it could. I think if, if an ending... I would... I would say the only time that it would be okay for you to be like, wow, that ending was so bad that I want to like get my money back is if it wasn't an ending. If the Mm. game is obviously unfinished and Mm. the end of the game is like, we just, it just stops, (laughs) you know? Metal Gear Solid 5. Yeah. But again, that's like- No Man's Sky. I would say I don't want to go any further into that, but that game does not have an ending. I, per, I I just I have a tough time with the subject. I understand the other perspective is just like I, um, I guess because and you guys are, are very similar to this, obviously, if not more so. But like you know, you've rubbed shoulders and elbows with game designers and developers, and like obviously, there's the big evil corporate AAA ones that just churn out money monsters. But there's also people that are like pouring their soul into this. And Absolutely. I just don't like the idea of someone like absolutely enjoying most of it, but then like. I, I just didn't agree with the ending. I cannot believe the character would have a butt pose like that. Like I fucking hate this, and now I, I want to hurt you, and I want my money back. Mm. But also, there's the you know the other side of that where they're like, I also want my money back so I can spend it on another game that I'll then do this to again. Like it's just mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I also do believe in a system that has some form of refund because that should be available as well. There's you know, a kid goes out and buys a game, and the mom or dad's like, absolutely not, or or the legitimate middle-aged man or woman buys a game and they're like, this is not what I thought it would be. Well, Thankfully, it's inside the three-hour window. I'm going to refund it. PC yeah. in particular, I think it's super important because yeah. it's entirely possible that there's just something up with your computer and it just doesn't fucking work. You yep. know? Mm-hmm. I mean, hell, you know, for me, I, I had two days of No Man's Sky refusing to even boot. Like, I couldn't even get it to load. And it turned out the fix was so ridiculously obscure that it took me hours to to deal with that a lot of people would have just given up on it and refunded it at that point and that's two more days of total biscuit floating through space shooting rocks that are now robbed from him forever. exactly i can never have that again the true tragedy <laughs> indeed it it's a it's a difficult subject i don't think there's there's no perfect solution and as you said especially when you do know game developers you know how hard they work it becomes very difficult because on one hand you can see like look everyone works hard you know Guy goes, works in a fucking shop or a factory or call center or whatever, doesn't have a lot of disposable income. Hey, I can afford a game this month. I'm going to buy yeah. a game. I'm hoping this is going to be my entertainment for the month. Ends up being a piece of crap. He should absolutely be able to get his money back for that. Simultaneously, though, you know, someone who serially abuses the system just to get free games and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, that that that's that's not a good thing. And using refunds as a, a way to sort of, as punitive, you know, to be able to try and damage a developer. Uh, I've never really agreed with that either. The, some people no. really love to say use the review system to. They feel like they're really um, attacking the developer, sticking it to them. Yeah, sticking it to them. Like uh, the the process called uh, meta bombing is is something yeah. that a lot of people do. It's it's even happening right now to Deus Ex. Uh, people are, are some people are so pissed off by the microtransaction thing that they believe that that justifies a fully yep. negative review. And on the one hand, I can kind of see the point, but simultaneously, you know that some of them did it maliciously. You know, it's interesting too, kind of tangentially related to the subject is the pricing of video games right now is, is in a, not, not even necessarily right now, but the direction it's going is very interesting to me. Like growing up for me, a video game was 60 bucks or 50 bucks. That's just what a video game costs. There was was no microtransactions. There was you, this is the final product. This is it. 
uh betas was like a very experimental thing that definitely did happen i remember playing world of warcraft in college at, in a beta form i thought that was very cool at the time uh, i'm not necessarily speaking down to any of those things microtransactions or betas but what's interesting now is that i've seen more and more people in particular younger people and i can say that because i'm 30 now so i'm really old uh but there's <laughs> like there, there'll be people who will be like i cannot believe this game is 50 dollars um, and I'm not judging all people that say all games fifty dollars are ridiculous, but the idea that fifty dollars is an expensive game is like a really newish concept to me. Like that mm. used to be what a fucking game costs, and you got your bang for your buck. Like games were very complete, very incredible. I understand the criticism because now it's like the norm. And speaking of Deus Ex, they got burned for this, but they still did it, uh, some portion of this, anyways. When you load up that screen, the first thing you're you're brought to is an advertisement screen for. Um, two sub games that you can purchase off the game itself. Like this is content that is built into the game, but you do not get access to unless you what pay additional Jensen money. What are the Jensen stories? Yep, uh, it's Breaker or something. It's like a hacking sub oh, game. Well, then... Breach Mode's free. You can play Breach Mode. Like, okay. Breach Mode's just part of the game. I know that they're. I think the Jensen stories are actually part of the season pass. I don't think they're available yet. But I know there is one mission that was day one DLC though. Which well, is you shit, go. you know, that, then that's, that shouldn't happen ever. And it's a part of the actual like, game itself, but it's yes, been like yeah. blocked off by a paywall that you don't get unless you pay a little bit more. Yeah. I'm not really looking to criticize Deus Ex in particular. It's just the most recent example, but uh, it's just very interesting. And, and I was talking, I, I don't feel the name to name him, but one of the developers at, at Blizzard was kind of lamenting this to me, talking about how like uh, when StarCraft came out, StarCraft Legacy of the Void, it's the third installment of a game. It's considered an add-on, but it's obviously got its own single player. It's a whole campaign that's very good, by the way. Plus probably the best of the three. Mode, plus Arcon. Plus, like, it's a huge that's package. Content. Yeah. But in this day and age, it was looked at as like, oh my god, you're charging a full game price for that. That's ridiculous. And there's a lot of people that won't go near games because of that price. Yeah. And again, I'm not looking at people and saying, you're ridiculous. I'm just saying kind of the shock to me of this current meta, which is like, Games should be 30 or 40 bucks or free to play if you go towards the esports route, by the way. That's like the expectation because of League of Legends. And then you should be dinked and donked for $5 little packages like Here's a Storm, <laughs> Dota, LOL, all those games. CSGO with that yeah. model. And I, I mean, I'm going to be honest, and especially on mobile, like mm -hmm. I'm starting to really despise free to play for the most part because I know that if, it's, if the game is free to play, the chances are they've probably taken everything that's enjoyable about the game and stretched it as Yep. in across as many slices yeah. of toast as possible it's so, not free to play it's just labeled free to play but it, it's it's just a constant advertisement to you like clash to, royale to is kind of the most successful you can play that free to play hearthstone you can play that free to play totally, and there's yeah. one famous pro gamer that took the expansion pack or the opening pack and literally made a full deck but it's like how long did you play that uh, 179 hours like okay uh and then clash royale like literally the leveling system itself gets you to a certain point where even if you haven't spent a single dime, you're playing against people that absolutely have, and you are outgunned. It encourages yeah, you. Yeah, I hate the leveling system that. of that game. And yeah. that's a shame, because it's one of the best mobile games I think that exists. It's just business model, business model kind of killing it. I, You know, it's interesting that you mentioned that, you know, games used to be 60 bucks and still are, because, I mean, mm -hmm. you know, bear in mind inflation, the fact that games are still $60, and yet yeah. budgets have gone so much higher to make a game. It's become so much more expensive to make a game. It's actually kind of amazing that they're still 60 bucks. Yes, I yep. know you can sell them to more people, you know, because the, the, the market is larger than it was. But still, it's quite incredible that back in the day, you paid $60 for like 
a fucking you know the original Mario yeah. Brothers or whatever, and now well, you pay sixty dollars for something as complex as Deus Ex or Grand Theft exactly. Auto Five, which simulates the entire fucking city. The flip uh, side to it, John, is the the what people spend on games making them has also inflated tremendously because the expectation for it's huge. Like, yeah, uh, Metal Gear Solid Five to go back to what we were just talking about that that cost like an entire department's jobs. They all went insane. They all fucking lost. so this is obviously an extreme example. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. I don't have the number in front of me, but it was like a it wasn't it tens of millions of dollars to get that game out. Ten was, like a hundred million. Yeah, I think the budget for Metal Gear Solid Five was was closer to a hundred million. Hundred million uh, dollars, guys. That's a big fucking movie in Hollywood. Eighty million dollars, uh, okay. and that's not. Co- I don't think that's counting the marketing for the game either, which probably was right. another ten million plus. And they sold that at sixty bucks because you know, not that they should sell it at any more than that. Uh, there was some DLC in that, but for the most part, you got a pretty full game. Other than again, the ending is mm-hmm. it was cut short, obviously. Yeah. Um, but that's that's a good argument to bolster what you just said too. Just like they're spending more on a lot of these games, they're charging the same or less because they're kind of hamstrung into it, and then they're even bludgeoned with like how they charge that, which I think is very interesting. It's a different dynamic these days. Yeah, it's it's all about perception, really. I think uh, it the amount of people that I see saying, "Oh, well, if this game was forty, but at sixty, no way." Like they'll say, people set yeah. a very hard limit to what they think is okay for a game and what isn't. Indie games suffer from this a lot. Like yeah. you get a game that has pixel art, people are like five bucks, or I'm not gonna touch it. It's like you really defined it by the fact that it doesn't look like gta 5 you know i mean but what about the value of the game that's there you know and all that kind of stuff it it's it, it is very interesting but i think it, it's all it's always dangerous to talk too much about you know how gamers don't appreciate the value of the product that they've got because yeah. it, it dips way too far into the entitlement uh, yeah and that's areas, not necessarily so what i'm getting at like it I, I like that you know for the not to get too america on us here but i do like capitalism as as a business model in this case where it's like well capitalism is the worst thing ever except for everything else i agree it's no. the best um it's <laughs> kidding uh but like with deus ex they came out with a fucking ham-fisted grossly aggressive stupid greedy campaign it was shot down so hard that they canned it and now other games that would that would normally have gone in that direction had that been successful will not so like the market kind of corrects itself dlc microtransactions the reason this is so apparent is because it has become the norm it is popular and it does work on mobile like csgo was an okay launch of a game but the second they started to do trading gambling microtransactions skins that kind of stuff it transformed the game it's a ridiculous example of just like what people are really really into that yes they are yeah cool but what is cloud gaming? Mm. Yeah, what is cloud usually, gaming? usually, usually terrible. For the <laughs> usually terrible. It's, uh... All right. Well, I don't think we solved the ethical quandary of refunds, but well, no one else has either. So well, boils down to just yeah. people are going to be douchebags no matter what the system is. Amen. Except yeah. when they're not, and we say that ninety-five percent of people aren't. Yeah. Everyone's yeah. going to be douchebags except for the people listening to this show. It's always yeah. the people that will abuse all the system. They're all Someone's going to abuse the system. And that's yeah, just but that. that but that doesn't mean you get to shut the system down entirely because yeah, right. a few people are dicks. Like, well, you know, some people use the road for crime. We don't shut the road down. You know, yeah. car, cars kill yeah. people. That doesn't mean we can't have cars. It's hell. We're gonna make cars drive themselves soon. I'm pretty excited about that. I'm totally happy about that. I'll be fine with that. That's, Me too. I'm cool I'll with that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, be on the computer all... in the back. 
Absolutely. <laughs> just play, play some Deus Ex on the road. That's, that's the way it should be. I do have to say it's terrifying being in a Tesla when the person driving is like, want to watch my car drive itself and just hit a button and you're like, no, don't. No, I don't. I don't want that. <laughs> no, wait. And for the most part, it's fine. But every now and then they're like, whoops. Didn't quite figure that one out, right? Because huh? yeah, like, really, like, it's I assisted the, driving. It doesn't really drive itself. I trust the so, driving yeah. car, but I don't trust the driving car with humans around it. Yeah. <laughs> To like panic when it does. Yeah, things. to panic and then fuck it up. Yeah, that, that, that's <laughs> yeah. probably what's going to ha- end up happening with that in particular. Yeah. yeah. Also, this has got nothing to do with anything, but please <laughs> stop emailing me, developers of Jotun. Oh. oh my God, stop it. They're, so they're at PAX and they're doing like a challenge and stuff there. I must have got 20 emails from them. They've just sent me another one saying <laughs> there's, they've given me a review copy embargo of the Jotun Valhalla edition. I was like, mm-hmm. stop! Like, I, let me find, right, because obviously nothing else is referred to Jotun. Let me find out how many emails I've ever received about Jotun uh, in my email box. I believe uh, it's pronounced uh, Jotun. Jotun, yes, Jotun. Yeah, feel uh, yes, free. Jotun. Okay, so I've had, yeah, I've had seven, uh, yeah, eight emails in the past week. Um, yeah, in total, I've had 27 emails about Jotun, and they've all been from the devs of the PR team. It's like, you're insistent, I get it, but stop. Like every every goddamn day, I'm getting something that says "impress the gods" in big letters. Like, no, I don't want to impress the gods anymore. I have no interest in them. They could go to hell. You know, I, I I don't mind if the gods think I'm a piece of shit at this point. Enough. Enough is enough. Just want to get that off my chest. Uh, yeah. So there you go, Yoden. You got some free publicity now. Stop emailing me, please. <laughs> All right, should we move on to releases, shall we? And then wrap yeah, up. let's yeah. do it. Um, today, August thirtieth, we have talent not included. I nice. did get review codes sent to me for this. It is not a games journalism simulator, as much as you might think that it might be. It is, in fact, something completely different to that, which I've for some reason got. And there we go. There we go. There we go. Joke uh, eight out of ten. Timing and delivery. Like yeah. three. Well, I mean, yeah, I'm I'm awkward and horrible <laughs> like that. It's just how it is. It's a. I actually don't know. Like all I know is it has a theatrical setting, like it's set on a stage or something along those lines. Okay. All I know is under the why you should try it out. It contains theatrical setting, absurd humor, cylinder-based platforms, combat galore, and local co-op. This does not tell me how the game plays whatsoever. <laughs> I'm looking at the video. It, It's a, I mean, it's a kind of combat platformer thing, I think. From what I can tell. All right. Looks all right. Okay. Sure. That uh, didn't help at all, did it? <laughs> not really, but that's okay. Cool. The, next. Uh, the next game is The Turing Test, which I yes, told you. Yes, which we talked about, yep. The game after that is called Blam Down Utter Fury, and it's a twin stick shooter where you're a cow. A cow? Great. Why? I don't Why not? Why not, TV? That's not why yes. Yeah. Why not? Uh-huh. I'm not I don't think that's the real quote, but you know what I'm gonna let I'm gonna let it slide because you, you stepped in Lincoln. the last minute and we owe you one. So next Think uh, not the spoon. <laughs> the next game is called Hugh. Yeah, that nice. just popped up about two minutes ago. Apparently, it's an award-winning puzzle adventure. I've never actually heard of it, but it it has awards. At least two people. That means it's good. Yeah, aesthetically, it's quite nice. It's uh, very um very sort of bright, bold colors, and your character is sort of a silhouette. It is a puzzle platformer, basically, but it oh. involves a uh, color. You you match the color to the background, and that makes objects disappear and reappear and stuff like that. And you have a color wheel to do oh. that. That and sounds it, cool. 
won a bunch of awards that glow different colors on Steam, which I thought was kind of neat. That's awesome. Next. Next game is called Champions of Anteria. Yeah, um, I was looking at this. Uh, it's RTS. made by, yeah, it claims to be an RTS, but it certainly doesn't fucking look like one. But it's made by Blue Bite, who are the guys that made the Anno series and the Settlers series. Oh, I like so this, this sort of came out of nowhere. There's actually a demo for it as well. They made a demo. That's very rare. Uh, but yeah, it seems like um, a hero-based RTS of sorts. And apparently between levels, you go back and you upgrade your town and you can get equipment and craft potions for your dudes and everything. It's huh. published by Ubisoft. I, I haven't heard a single thing about this game before it came out. But I'm intrigued by it now. I want to have a look at it. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. I... I still, I'm just, I'm looking at it, I still don't understand it just by looking at it, and the description's not very good. That's kind of why I'm even more curious about it. Mm. So, neat. All right, next. The game after that is called Four-Sided Fantasy. It looks like a little uh, cute puzzler with cute art. Yes. So there's that. Uh, the game after that is Live Lock. Which Live Lock, which we talked about earlier. Yep, that's uh, pretty good for the price from what I can tell so far. Uh, game after that is Joanna's Life. Joanna's life is not coming up. Anyone find that one? I cannot no. find it. No. no. How? Oh, has it got a weird spelling on Joanna? Yeah, there's only one N in it. And I still. Oh, there it is. There it is. Finally found it. You got it? Uh, yeah, I have. A f yeah, it's one of those first person horror puzzle games. Uh. It's like you can tell by the fact that 90% of the screenshot is black. And it's like the rest is a flashlight. Um, it's a detailed and AI populated world, apparently. Even though I can't see a single person in any of it. Huh. Interesting. Hmm. All right. Next is a game called Death's Hangover. De uh, De Depth's Hangover? Death's, Death's Death. Death. Like death, Death's die. Hangover? Death's okay. Hangover. I like Death's Hangover. <laughs> yeah. Um, how, how does Death get a hangover? One has to wonder. It's a ball and bat game, but it's going into early access. It's not actually releasing. It's a ball and bat game with horror elements and mature. Co what the fuck is it? Is it, is it literally like um, Arkanoid or Breakout? It is. It looks like it. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was looking for. A Breakout clone with horror themes and mature humor. What? I mean, that's what I look for every time. Totally. Yeah. Next. The next game is called Reset 1-1. Reset. I'm one, having trouble one. finding it. Oh, re re oh yeah, reset one dash one. Okay, oh, there it is. There. Six out of ten. Two dollars. Two dollars. Mixed reviews. Yes. Ah, uh, God, it's a it's a platformer. That looks it's like, a little platformer. Looks yeah. Like it was, uh, yeah. Looks ancient. Next. All right. Next is called Assault Suit Lanos. Lanos uh, spelled L E Y N O S. This probably this is a remake of a Sega Mega Drive or Genesis game, which was a sort of side-scrolling shooter that was quite well regarded. I imagine it only came out in Japan because I'd never heard of it outside of that. Uh, but it just came out on PS4 as well. Um, it's got generally good reviews so far, I think. So, kind of side-scrolling Japanese mecha game. Hmm. The next game I can't find, it's apparently just called Stars. That, okay. Well, that's the one game in the list this week that you made your game far too fucking hard to find. I actually <laughs> did just find it, I think. Uh, it looks like it's a it's a VR game where you just look at constellations. So it's a, it's an experience game, basically. So No Man's Sky. Yeah, just a lot cheaper. Great. And without having to mine. No mining. Perfect. Excellent. <laughs> next. 
This next game looks like a game I would totally play. It's called Powerlink VR, and it's a uh, virtual reality game where you're like trying to make electrical currents line up. Okay. Hmm. All right. But it's in early access as well. Uh, the game after that is called Onward. Okay. Onward is... A me sim paced tactical multiplayer shooter being developed for virtual reality head-mounted displays. Yep. Oh. That looks like interesting. Yeah. It's it, really it, good reviews. Actually. It actually does. Yeah. A, a VR milsim of sorts. I have hmm. no idea how they're going to pull that off. I mean, controls... Controls could be interesting because I wonder if it's got like very accurate like gun maintenance and reloading oh, and stuff Milsim. that you have to use the controls for. <laughs> yeah, a, a Milsim in VR? <laughs> Jesus. Uh, the MeSim, you know. A MeSim. Yeah, yeah. It's a MeSim. <laughs> it's a me. <laughs> it's a MeSim. God damn it. It's a me. MeSim. Uh, mm, yeah, I wonder how the movement cool. works in that. I can imagine that's going to be a pain in the ass. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is true. Next. The game after that is called Beat the Dictators. Uh, it looks, <laughs> looks kind of silly. You had me at beat the dick, but I don't know about the tater part at the end. No. <laughs> it looks so, like it's literally just a game where you're given lots of weapons, and then they show you a dictator, and you. Yeah, get to, like, Jim Sterling did a video looks, on this and called it an absolute piece of shit. Which it looks, looks like, like a exactly flash game. It looks like it like might be. Yeah. yeah, it looks. It does. It really does. It's like one of those yeah. oh celebrity beat up Trump or beat up George Bush or whatever games. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck that. Next. Uh, the next game is called Destiny of Ancient Kingdoms. Destiny mm. of, I think Sounds this is a intense. free to play game. Yeah, I believe the destiny for most ancient kingdoms is that they die. Yeah, they do. <laughs> <laughs> it's a free to play MMORPG based on Norse mythology. Oh. Yeah, I can tell mm. it's based by Norse mythology when the first screenshot I see is a fucking cat girl in a bikini. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it yeah. Very Norse. It looks Norse. I mean, it looks it's actually a South of... African developed MMO. So why this cat right out of nineteen ninety seven? It does, yes. That <laughs> that does not look particularly inspired, I'm afraid. Mm. Next, the next game is called Grav Pool. It's kind of like remember when when that three D Tetris game came out, where it was like a big cube. You were trying to play Tetris on like a giant cube. Yes, uh, it looks yeah. like that except with pool. Oh, <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Uh, why? Why not? Uh, I'm sure there's a market VR. for somebody. I don't know. Yes. Uh, after that, we have Bloxic VR. It's just a, a glut of unfinished VR games coming out these days. Yeah. Yeah. It is a 3D block puzzle and movement game by the looks of it. And there's some sort of ancient Egypt theme in it for no apparent reason at all. <laughs> so there you go. Of course. Next. <laughs> the next game is called Hybrid Animals. Um, it says okay. pick two animals from a giant list. The game will use an algorithm to morph them together. Um, nice. but then like one of their screenshots is like a gun like you're looking through oh. a gun I'm like am I shooting my animal oh, no, no. hopefully you get to shoot them after you make them I mean what other reason would you make the hybrid no! animal so that they yeah. can snore next to you and it's adorable <laughs> well, no, well, those apparently are real it's a battle game you can apparently make, make them and fight your friends with them and there's a couple of different game modes and stuff <laughs> there's only one game that lets you do this right there's an amazing RTS that some people haven't played that they really Pokemon. should Pokemon no <laughs> That's yep. not an RTS. That Impossible Creatures. Did you ever get to play Impossible Creatures? No. no. You got to Jeff, I, I please do it. Really? Please. Yeah. Um, so Impossible Creatures is made by the same guys that made Dawn of War. It oh. was Relic's RTS before Dawn of War. And the whole point is that you make an army by mixing two creatures together. So you can have an army of um, 
shark scorpions or shark sharkopians, and they all they take different attributes from each animal and animals have different like skills so like a scorpion might have a, a poison sting so you morph the animals together and you build an army out of that and it's an rts it's fucking awesome what about penguin bunnies i don't know if penguins are in it i'm pretty sure rabbits are though i have Good. to look that up but it's now got steam workshop so it supports infinite numbers of animals okay. wow yeah play with impossible creatures man it's great like the fucking uh, box art for it was a scorpion crossed with a fucking tiger which is metal as fuck <laughs> so yeah totally should play that game it's great rts really fun well the next game uh i don't think is metal as fuck uh, probably i can't not. quite tell but it's called nebulous it's a puzzle game could be metal it could it could be metal it could wind up being the most brutal prog game metal. Of our it's age, one of those prog but... metal things yeah, yeah. uh a physics-based puzzle game where you're helping to guide Commander Dash Johnson, a trapped astronaut. Dash Johnson. Yeah. Dash Johnson. I think you can't be, think an, you can't be Dash an astronaut well. without a name like that. The Dash Johnson. The Dash Johnson. Yeah. Maze-like uh, levels, physics puzzler, yeah. In space. Yeah. The game after that is called Visitors. Visitors. What do we have with that? There's visitors, there's visitors, there's visitors. It is, ha! Huh. It seems like it's. Uh... You have to survive five days on your farm, and make sure it doesn't get overrun by space aliens. So it's almost like uh, that film Signs, but a video game. Hmm. Ha. Huh. Hmm. Interesting. Hmm. Next. The game after that is in case of emergency release Raptor. Which is actually no longer available on Steam. So after that, it is mind. no longer available because no. it got taken back down. Yeah. Uh, the game after that is Blight of the Immortals, and this is a release into early access. It's um, It looks like a tactics game with cards in it. Yeah. Yeah, so. it's a turn-based turn with slow real-time co-op multiplayer. Wait, so it's a turn-based game, but the co-op is in real-time? Ha, huh, how the fuck does that work? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, this looks kind of interesting. It's a mixture of a board game and a CCG. The multiplayer is slow real-time and always ticking away in the background. There's no need to wait for your turn. Simply log in throughout the day to command your forces and coordinate with other players. All right, so you kind of have it running in the background, then you come and visit it. That's a, that's a cool way of doing things. That's interesting, yeah. I actually like that idea. I'm pretty sure there's a game that's done that before where they just said, all right, well, instead of turns, we just have everything run really, really fucking slowly. Mm -hmm. And it's sort of just a really slow version of real time. Huh. Yeah. I mean, I'm actually quite interested in that. The card art looks pretty good. Neat. Mm. All right. The game after that is God Eater 2 Rage Burst, which people are saying is good. Uh, yeah, I actually, mm -hmm. I haven't played it per se because the game dumps you into a kind of headquarters, explains absolutely nothing, and I don't even know how to fucking find a mission in that yeah. game i don't know why but it runs well um i mean it's a japanese game and you would have thought oh god the port's gonna be bad it's not the port's actually pretty solid it runs solid 60 it's got all the options you need it's the closest you can really get to monster hunter on pc god eater yeah. is a very monster hunter-esque game so that's not a bad thing to look at if you want that kind of experience the next game is the final station yeah, I heard quite a bit about this. I uh, don't know if it's any good. It's uh, published by Tiny Build. It it almost seems like it's. You remember that uh, movie Snowpiercer? Like, yeah. It's kind. It seems like it's kind of like that. Like you're on a 
train you've got to keep the train operational because the world's been taken over by infected people and you've got to like stop at stations to get supplies but make sure your train never gets overrun um and it it kind of has some ftl elements to it and stuff like that so it looks interesting i want to try it out cool the game after that is called dawn's light um it looks like an rpg maker game yeah uh a yeah puzzle rpg Unique dungeon designs, an epic storyline, intuitive journal system, etc. I believe that when I see it out of RPG Maker. So there's that. <laughs> On August 31st, we have Virtual Warfighter. Which is yet another milsim in VR for some reason. Right. So we'll see, you see which of them actually ends up being any good. All of them. I de you are a very optimistic person. Especially I would when just pre-order it to, to be safe, to be honest. Yeah, yeah absolutely. pre-order it. Yeah. At least. Wait. The next one is called Thrunnel. Thrunnel VR. It's a uh, uh, block-based puzzle in VR. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's, yeah. Freaking, that's weird. Uh, the one after that is called Mind's Eyes. Mind's Eyes. Oh, those are very dark screenshots. It's uh, one of those first-person horror games that's about 30 to 45 minutes, but it is, according to this, it's going to be free. Uh, yeah, it's under the free-to-play category, so, okay. Nice. YouTuber bait by the looks of it. Um, for some reason, Epistories on here, but that came I, out in March. Yeah, that's come out. Yeah. I don't know what the hell that's all about. Epistory is more like it, you know what I mean? Ah, apparently Epistory is quite good. It's about it is. It's, it's great. It's a, it's a typing RPG, weirdly enough, <laughs> where you ride a fucking fox for some reason. Next, uh, the game after that is called Tahira: Echoes of the Astral Empire. Uh, turn-based tactics game by the looks of it. Art style is quite interesting on this one. Yeah, it's a different art style. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't seen that before. It gives me a couple of uh, vibes of... Uh, what the hell's the name of that? Banner Saga. Yeah. Uh, the game after is called Hack, Slash, and Backstab. Hack, um, Slash, and Backstab. Yeah. It says it's a dungeon crawler. Okay. What's the backstab aspect of it? Is it just like... Work together... To survive in the dangerous world, but only one player will be crowned oh. the winner. And at the end, it becomes a fight to the death. It's oh. one of those. It, it's very gauntlet-esque by the looks of it. It looks very gauntlet, doesn't yeah, it? I was trying it to think of what it reminded me of. Yeah, it's unfortunately it's couch co-op only. So if it was online, I'd definitely be interested in that. Uh, but yeah, friendly fire is always on. Apparently, you have to wait for the right moment to betray your friends. Which is great. <laughs> That's a cool idea. Why doesn't it have online multiplayer? Fuck. <laughs> Yeah, the tr the true question of our our era. Usually, yeah. um, I, they can't afford it. I don't know how to do it. Is the, <laughs> that. the game after that is called Shiny. Left to fend for yourself, Robot Kramer two two seven must find his way through twenty action packed levels. Yeah, it's a puzzle platform box of it. Uh, the game after that, I can't get Steam to find. It's called Windscape. Windscape. Uh, hmm. I, this is actually not the game I thought it was at all. Islands breaking apart and falling out of the sky, apparently. You travel the world, gather valuable resources to craft a plethora of items, meet NPCs. What I don't want Windscape to be is part of the description. A stats-driven RPG, a terrifying sandbox game, or a first-person action game. Okay, so you don't want it to be any of those things. What exactly is it supposed to be, then? <laughs> what? That's so weird! <laughs> if you get the final screenshot, there's Captain Yellowbeard, and he's got a yellow beard. I mean, yeah, Damn. it looks like he does. I, th that's a very weird way to do it because, like, it's an early access game, but he doesn't seem to know what he actually wants it to be in the first place. Yeah. 
Is, is this going to be one of those cases where I'll ask you? It's like, oh God, don't do that. <laughs> no. Uh, the game after that is called Battle Knights. It's a retro style 2D game in which the player goes through six realms and defeats each knight that leads their respective one, one realm. Mm -hmm. um, the game after that is called Magneta. Magneta. That also looks like a 2D. Yep. Harkening back to the days of the NES. <laughs> next. Day of the Thrumplings is the next Trumplings. game. The Trumplings. Trumplings. That's I like Thrumplings better. Better or worse, I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. Day of the Trumplings. Nobody knows where they came from. Wait. Is that... No. I'll carry little Trump signs. Oh, it literally is. It's a fucking tower defense game. Use gun control to save America. <laughs> Build gun towers to stop the Trumplings nope. before they clear a path to Armageddon. That's yeah, pretty funny. Nope. <laughs> oh, well played. Fuck games that pull this shit. Oh, really? Real? Yeah. It's just it's it's dumb. I I don't like games that are so overtly political, like for one way or the other, that they're just obnoxiously so. It's like if you're gonna use politics. Get, well, you don't games, have a Facebook account, so I guess you don't. You're not I deleted my Facebook account time. because I was sick of political discussion. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> so yeah, like, I'm I'm pretty used to it. So this is like a refreshing, creative way to do it. Fair enough. Uh, this next game looks pretty cool to me. Mm, it's called yes. The Warlock of Firetop Mountain, which is mm. a classic. This was the first ever fighting fantasy game book that came out over twenty plus years ago. Very well regarded as being like one of the the best choose your own adventure things ever made. They've reinterpreted it into a, a full on like three D game with proper areas and dungeons and stuff like that, but keeping some of the mechanics of the game book. It yeah. looks pretty great. I'm gonna play it the does. fuck out of this. It looks really cool. Yeah, especially after playing like the sorcery adaptations on iOS that are all adaptations mm -hmm. of uh, Steve Jackson's books. Yeah, this yeah. looks really awesome. Uh, the next game is called Earthlock Festival of Magic. Earthlock Festival of Magic. It's got a nice logo. I'll give it that. What the fuck is that pig thing? Uh, <laughs> it had a nice logo until it was like, there is a pig in a suit. It's like, is there? Huh. It's a turn-based fantasy RPG. And there's a pig in a suit for some reason. Don't know why. Bold. Probably sounds uh, a bit like that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> this next game, I'm confused when I look at it, it's called Pazzo Jello Crusade. Oh yeah, Pazzo. classic, classic game. Well, well, I mean the Jello Crusade part, I get fully, you know. Yeah. And for corner of them, it's the highly anticipated remake to the grueling 2005 breakout hit. Really, I I uh, I beg to differ that that is true. You don't remember that one? Yeah. All uh, the kids were playing Pazzo. Yeah, I must I must have missed that. I must have been out of the country at the time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Had to have been. Uh-huh. Next. The one after that is called The Underground Man. The Underground Man. I prefer him that way. Indeed. Uh, hey, this is weird. Look at these screenshots, uh, Jeff, and tell me that the guy on the left doesn't look like White Raw. I can't see. Go on, search it. It's on Steam. Okay. Uh, yeah, that totally does look like him. It really does, which is odd. Uh, it looks like um, old school point and click ass kind of game by the looks of it. What I can tell. So Call of Duty. Yes, pretty much. <laughs> next. Uh, the next game is called Agent Walker: Secret Journey. 
Agent mm-hmm. Walker's Secret Journey is... Uh, it's a hidden object game, isn't it? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Should have seen that coming a mile away. Next. I was waiting. I was waiting for it to dawn on you. Uh-huh. Uh, the game after that is called Featherpunk Prime. They're just adding punk to everything these days, aren't they? Yeah. I actually cannot find Featherpunk Prime at all. Any Oh, hi. Yeah, the search isn't working if you put it as one word. Uh, it's a side-scrolling twin-stick shooter platformer. Hmm. And you have to free the flamingos. That's why it's called Featherpunk Prime. I see. Of course. They're punk flamingos, though. I, I, I assume most flamingos are. Yeah. They just won't admit it in polite company. They need to keep their jobs. Exactly. The next game is called Dragon Blast VR, where you uh, play a dragon and you blast people. That is exactly what you do. No more, no less. Mm. The game after that is called Totaled. T-O-A-D-L-E-D. Totaled. Mm. It is not Frog Fractions 2. I actually don't... I don't even know what you do in this game. All the screenshots don't show a single bit of gameplay, and there is no description of it at all. It's just a picture of toads eating things. I don't know what this is. Oh, they're totaled. Yes, apparently. I get it. I am totally It's clueless. a play on the word total. That's what this is. Yeah, it's with a toad. Total. I think we've, Very we've, clever. We've, we've gathered that. Yes, good. Next. Um, this next game is called Ian's Eyes, where you play um, the guide dog to a blind kid, it looks like. Um, but it's a horror game, and the screenshots are making me feel unnerved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, for some reason there are you, there are zombies. You have to. Uh, it's a stealth game. You have to use the guide dog to get the the blind kid around the zombies. Basically, that sounds fucking horrifying. It does. That is that is a terrifying, disturbing thing. Blinding, being blind would suck, but in a zombie apocalypse, it's like that's when you look you like look up if you're any kind of. Religion. I'm already going like, to be useless in a zombie apocalypse, so it's like you're screwed. God, why? I actually bookmarked totaled. Oh, for God's sake. Yeah, yeah, you go find out what that damn thing is. Yeah, you, you deal with it. Next. The next game is called A Matter of Murder. Point and click puzzle game. Yeah, yeah but are there toads? Like, honestly, can we. Yeah. yeah. Is it just one mega toad? Is he like Godzilla? Kind of like. The next game is called Gun Girl 2. <laughs> I prefer my girls with guns, I suppose. It is. Oh, God, this looks awful. Well, this is the uh, second Gun Girl. Yeah, apparently somehow they made another one. It is a side-scrolling action game that compares itself to Metroid, Castlevania, and Cave Story, and I have a feeling it's going to compare very poorly to those things. Oof. Next up on September 2nd, we have Grid Legion Storm. Grid Legion Storm is... Uh... A lot of grids. Yeah. yeah. Uh, strategy game, grid-based card-based strategy. Okay. Uh, the game after that is called Cliffhanger, which is not supported in English, apparently. Great. Next. Okay. <laughs> uh, next game is called Devoid. Yeah, but like, with what kind of animal? Avoid one. Okay. Mm. First person adventure exploration puzzle game thing on okay. the Western planet. I can't find the next game. It's called Redout. Um, I, th- I think I've, oh, there I, is. I can find it immediately. Yeah. I, it's, what the uh, frick is going on with my steam? I don't know. Uh, it looks, this actually looks great. Uh, it's it like looks pod like, racing, but high tech. Now this is pod racing. Yeah. It, 
Uh, F-Zero, Roll Cage, Wipeout, and P.O.D. are described as influencers. This actually looks fucking awesome. I hope that it looks as it plays as good as it looks. Yeah, it's a, it's a futuristic hover racer with VR support. Um, that This actually looks amazing. I hope it doesn't suck. It's too bad that genre's dominated by F-Zero, though, from 30 years ago. Yes, they don't seem to be able to make a better game than that. It's weird how that works, isn't it? Next. Uh, the next game looks awesome. It's called yes. Seasons After Fall. Oh, yeah. It's a real angry glowing awesome. bear in this thing. Yeah, it you looks play like a fox. A looks of beautiful two D puzzle game. It really does <laughs> yeah. look gorgeous, actually. Yeah, and there is a really big fat bear. <laughs> this looks pretty cool. I want to. Yeah. I want to play this. Me too. That looks awesome. The game after that is called Eighteen Wheels of Steel. It's a fucking mm. yeah. We've already looked at that. It's a really old truck simulator game from like two thousand three. Next. Uh, next up is Alpha Decay. Alpha Decay. First person shooter meets base building. Alpha Decay is a team-based real-time strategy multiplayer shooter. That's like as many genres as we can fit into one sentence, apparently. <laughs> it, I guess you, you build up a base in first person. Four versus four, procedurally generated levels, team-based gameplay, gather and manage resources, but it's also got a PvE element as well. With a day and night cycle, you have to fight against the decay, but also other people. Huh. Um, I mean, it sounds like it's got a lot of potential, but the word early access is what wards me off it for right. a while. Yeah. That's Might be good, much. but I'll wait for it to actually come out. Yeah. Next. Next up is called Torsion. 2D survival. Uh. You are a simple and lonely gear. A gear? I mean, I think they've run out of ideas for video game characters now. It's a literal a simple and Like in Metalocalypse. <laughs> Man, a lonely gear. It's just, just literal gear. Cog in the machine. All right. Not particularly good at her job, I guess. No, evidently not. Next. Next is called Errors and Graces. Uh, it looks like a dating sim. It is Great. exactly that, by the yeah. looks of it. Uh... The next game is called The Lords of the Earth Flame. Oh my. <laughs> it's it's oh, it's that cool um I think we saw this last week actually. I guess it was delayed. It's um it's a novel. It's a interactive fiction text-based role-playing thing. After that curry, I think you can count Digger as one of them, huh? <laughs> the Lords of the Earth Flame. They have been summoned. I must leave for my throne. <laughs> next. <laughs> Uh, the next game is called Koth. Yeah, um, it looks like it was made in 1987. It's a really yep. basic polygon. Climb to the top yeah. of the map to defeat the Koth. Great. I don't know what that means, but there it is. I don't know. On September 3rd, we have Kuboom. Kuboom. Not Kaboom. Uh, Minecraft Counter-Strike had a baby. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, there's been several of those. Oh, yeah. This is the game that ripped off all those characters. It literally has Deadpool and all the other shit that yeah. I'm pretty oh, sure they don't have the Oh, yeah. We saw to. that last time. Yeah. Screw that. Next. Cool. The next game is called Stay Close. I feel like I've heard of this for some reason. Why is that? It is open world horror game with single player and co-op. Okay. And Yeah. It's, and it was delayed. I think we saw this last week. Yeah. Sort of survival sneaky co-op thing. Uh, the next one is called Tangled Up. We're almost done. Jesus It's about Christ. a positive and a negative charge <laughs> that, are, that are together and you solve puzzles with them. Okay. Adorable. 
A lot of electricity themed games. Yeah. yeah. This, is, this is the week of electricity for some reason. I don't know why. On September 5th, we have Aim Hero. Uh, the ultimate solution for practicing firing accuracy to do better. Oh my god, it's literally a game where you practice aiming for other games. Are you fucking <laughs> kidding me? <laughs> no. Great. And the final game is no, called no. Mother Russia Bleeds. Yeah, this one looks great. This is uh, another one of the Devol uh, another Devolver game. It Ooh. looks like it's an ultra-violent side-scrolling brawler like Streets of Rage. Very messy, very bloody, very violent, very offensive, apparently. You can beat the shit out of pigs in it, quite literally pigs. Uh, it, this looks cool but disturbing. Like it's got kind of Hotline mm -hmm. Miami level disturbing stuff going on with it. I'm looking forward to giving that one a try. And that pretty much wraps us up. That's it. We Thank did fuck. it. <laughs> Woo! A lot of games. Most of them suck, but a few, few little highlights here and there by the looks of it. Fresh wraps up the show, folks. Thank you very much for watching. Before we go, we would love to remind you that the show is sponsored by squarespace.com slash co-optional. And we'd also love to tell you what we're going to be doing over the next couple of weeks. I think a lot of it's going to be the same, except for Krendor, who's not going to PAX. Yeah. I'm not <laughs> fucking plebeian. Not to the other two packs. I'm not going to this one. Isn't this one the closest one to you? Mm, no. The Boston one's only like two hours. On a flight. Fair enough. So that's why you're going, because of laziness. Yeah. Indeed. Exactly. Mm. He, ha he hates his fans, basically. <laughs> I'm going to stay home and play World of Warcraft. <laughs> I, don't, I don't exactly blame you for that. So I expect we're going to get a lot of wild videos. Yes. I'm going to be doing a lot of Legion. I'm going to be streaming a lot of Legion. I'm probably going to stream with Jesse right after this. Assuming uh, he shows over... up. <laughs> Assuming. On twitch.tv slash Crendor. You can go there right now. Click the follow button. It's great. Uh, also, I've been streaming Madden at night. That's been fun. It what? Okay. <laughs> Have your physics broken? Because I, I, those are some of my favorite fucking videos when that happened. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, when the physics broke. All yeah, the EA sports game games have been... dodgy as fuck physics. It's the best. This Madden this year, the physics have been great. It's oh. been, so they've fixed a lot of it. Well, uh, that ruins so. the whole thing then. Well, I just also play franchise mode and simulate a lot, so it's a lot of just menu browsing. That's Everyone's fair. like, "When are you playing the game?" I'm like, "I'm playing it right now." Uh, and so let's see what else am I doing? Uh, probably just YouTube videos, Twitch. Yeah, me and Dodger got a thing on her channel. Yeah, what come watch Backstage thing? Pass, a tale of a socially anxious makeup artist who meets dream boy. <laughs> <laughs> so that's uh, that's the thing that's happening. That's strangely appropriate, that considering. And yes. uh, I also got uh, the new, the final wing of Hearthstones this week. I'll be playing that on my YouTube channel. Awesome. Hopefully the bosses are a little bit less terrible than this week's. It was really easy this week. Yeah, yeah. that was after some really good bosses and some awesome mechanics. Mm -hmm. It's like, that was it? Fuck. Yeah. They really dropped the <laughs> ball on that one. Hopefully yeah. a little more challenging. Though. Get a refund. But, uh... yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Refund, refund everything today. Jeff, what are you up to in the next couple of weeks? Outside of going oh. to PAX, because you will be going to PAX and you'll be showing up on a certain panel, I believe. Yeah. We can talk about that, right? We can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, this weekend I'll be at PAX West in Seattle. If you want to come see me, unlike Rendor, I'm actually really dedicated to my fans, and I'm, I'm going to be there yeah. for you. I want to give you a piece of my time. If you want a locket of my hair, I can do that as well. Um, and I'll be on time, too, because that's important to me, professionalism. <laughs> just putting everyone just on blast today. All, yeah. I know, I know. It's all I got. It's what I have to work with here. So, uh, no, I'll be there. And like I said, um, the folks at Relic reached out and – are, I'm going to be streaming from their booth, Dawn of War 3, on Sunday. Cool. Uh, same as Total Biscuit. I'm really hoping for a great game and 
and they want honest feedback and stuff like well they said they want honest feedback uh i'm hoping the honest feedback is just me orgasming over and over and over again that's, um, that's honest that's not something you can fake as a male you know you cannot that's actually some of the best criticism someone can receive i'm told indeed um mm, I, i'm tempted to sneak by around that time and see if they'll let us do multiplayer that would be pretty sick Ooh, bro. yeah let's cool. talk let's do it mm. um so that's what we're doing then i'm also going to be on that panel uh the co-optional lounge we call yep, it right the co-optional lounge that is going to be happening at 5 30 on saturday can we say what game we're playing? Uh, I believe the plan is to play Snake Oil and Billionaire Banshee. Those, uh, that's the plan anyway. That could very much change at the last minute, but we're probably going to be doing that. And it won't be streamed, right? Or it will? It should. Uh, not all okay. the theaters are. I'm not sure if we're in one that is. I think we are, uh, but I can't 100% guarantee that. We will try, obviously, to film it if it doesn't get streamed. It is on the schedule. As to which theater it's in, it is in the Sphinx Theater. So come nice. see us 5.30. Obviously, Co-Optional usually fills Spinks, the room. I think it's pronounced by the way. I think it's pronounced Spinks. It's mm, Spinks? Spinx Theater? Yeah, the no. The H is silent. Mm. No, it's not. Yeah. It's not at all. It's the Sphinx Theater. <laughs> you lying bastard. Got him! I got him on one, guys. <laughs> Finally. Him so much. Uh, so yeah, I'll be doing that. Otherwise, I'm going to be on PJ Salton, which is the Twitch put-on production. Ah, yes. Yeah. They make personalities play really shitty games. Uh, I will bring the salt, that's for sure. I'm really bad at bad games, actually, despite being the only one there that'll have been a professional at anything gaming-related. I well, can't wait to watch you. Competing, think. anyways. So it'll be fun. Um, up until then, I'm just going to be hanging out and streaming a whole bunch. I uh, just got back from a Warhammer tournament in Austin, Texas, where I actually won, which is a, a big deal for me. Congratulations. Placed very highly in a lot, but never you won a big, dice big one. better than those dudes rolled their dice, I can tell you that. You'll be happy to hear it was the Adeptus Mechanicus army that rolled on two to win. That's exactly the Omnisai. That's what he's yep. The ungruents were applied appropriately. Um, yeah, the sacred oils. Yes. Other than that, guys, uh, if you head over to my, my Twitch on InControl TV, I just stream a bunch of StarCraft and some other games. Just finished Deus Ex. Like I said, really enjoyable, but ultimately kind of a bad game to stream for me anyways. Uh, I'm not sure what I'll play next. Impossible Creatures. Just, there you go. Yeah, How's I'll check that out. My buddy's been playing Pillars of Eternity as well, and that looks like some pretty cool RPG stuff going on there. It's an older game. It's a one-year-older game. Uh, and that's it for me. Just thank you, everyone, for uh, listening to me blather, too, and, and uh, thanks for having me on, guys. Yep, thanks for yeah, stepping in at the last minute. Um, those wondering where Adam Kovic went, uh, he had to... Basically, he was not able to show up for the whole show. He, he had a last-minute engagement, so... What we're planning on doing is we're going to have him on the Co-Optional podcast at PAX because he's going to be there. So it'll be a Co-Optional and Funhouse collab. That's going to be happening on a Monday at 12 o'clock. Yes, 12 midday mm. in the Wyvern Theatre. That's where that's going to be, in the Wyvern Theatre, 12 p.m. Monday. And I'm told that that will be streamed as well on the PAX Twitch channel. So keep an eye on our Twitter. We'll let you know where it is. And I will say... Assuming that we don't fuck it up, we will be premiering the brand new intro for the Co-Optional podcast at that panel. That's the plan anyway, assuming we don't screw it all up. So tune in for that. That's very quick. Like you you already did one with Crendor in there and dropped Jesse. That's insane. That yeah. Very it's it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was amazing. Yeah. You know, we, we had to work really hard to do that, but we managed it. <laughs> we just pulled it off at the last moment. Dodger, outside of PAX, which you are coming to, any other plans yes. for this week? uh backstage pass more more butt touching with crandor um nice. and that just normal streams and i'll see y'all in seattle very cool 
I'll also be in Seattle for PAX West, uh, doing more of a light schedule. I'm going to be looking at a few major things. I've been invited to go and look at Ubisoft stuff, so we're going to be playing some For Honor, as well as South Park, and a couple of other things here and there. I just I'm saw the name for their new game. That looks the fractured butthole. Yes. Amazingly. <laughs> perfect yes that's like the highlight of e3 it was it really was when everybody was like oh i get it without a shadow of a doubt that that was absolutely excellent (laughs) but i I will be i'll be mostly sort of scouting out the floor to look for interesting games to sort of cover closer to when they come out i'm not going to be filming most of them because as it turns out you people don't give a flying fuck about games that aren't out yet so I'll be mostly just looking at that and hopefully going to check out some board games as well while I'm there. We rarely get a chance to do that. Uh, so outside of that, we are doing two panels while we're there, and there will also be an autograph session for the Cooptional Podcast. So the two panels, as we mentioned earlier, on the PAX West schedule, that is 5 o'clock on Saturday is the Cooptional Lounge with myself, Dodger, Jesse, Jenna in control, and Anna Prosser. Yeah. That should be the panel. That should be a lot of fun. That's at 5.30. And then Monday, 12 midday, in the Wiffen Theatre, is the Co-Optional Podcast. And then after the Co-Optional Podcast, about half an hour after that, at 1.30, we have an autograph session, a signing session in the autograph area, which will be going on for 90 minutes. So if you wish to come get a signing, photo, etc., etc., that is the place to go. Uh, outside of that, I did just release my hour-long video on Master of Orion, so go watch that. And if you did not catch all of the games from Shoutcraft King's August edition, they are all now available, spoiler free, over at youtube.com slash totalbiscuit. That is youtube.com slash totalbiscuit. Please go and have a look at that. There were some there were some ridiculous games. Let's just put it that way. Just incredible, ridiculous, insane StarCraft. Please do go watch it. I promise you, you will be entertained. There is uh, no doubt about that. And hopefully a couple of after-hour videos before I leave for PAX on Thursday. That's it. We're done. Thank you very much for the Co-Optional Podcast. Thank you for watching. Big thanks to Crendor and In Control for stepping in at the last minute and saving the show. Very much appreciated. Please enjoy your share of the Squarespace sponsorship money. Don't spend it all at once. We'll be about uh, Tree Fitty, I'm told. I'll spend it all at once. Tree Fitty. You will spend it. I'll make a once. website called CSGO Lotto. It'll be a great. <laughs> yeah, oh, you found that one too. That, well, that worked yeah. out so well the last time it was attempted. No doubt. <laughs> Big thanks for watching the show, folks. We very much appreciate it. Just a reminder: the show will be on Saturday, Monday. Yes, Monday, not Tuesday. There will be no Tuesday show next week because we're doing it at PAX. So it will be Monday instead. So do not expect a Tuesday podcast. Tune in for the Monday podcast on the PAX special stream. And the VODs will be available on YouTube.com slash CynicalBrit. We are done. Thank you very much for watching the show. Thank you to our sponsor, Squarespace.com slash Cooptional for making the show possible this week. And we will see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Bye.